You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. This is the Wrestling Rewind, the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. Um, the only podcast you should be listening to, but obviously there are a lot out there, and we do appreciate your time and business. We're doing our special Christmas edition today, uh, because literally recording this two days before, three days before Christmas, and this is going out on Stevens' Day, so we hope you had a, a good one. My name is Daryl Connor, and I'm joined by the one, the only, Mr. One and All, Martin Hart. How are things, Martin? Ho, ho, ho. How's things, Dara? Or... Uh, as, as we're going to see in this show, uh, Stephanie is Daddy's little ho ho ho, which <laughs> is a sign that I just saw. Gets a gets a bit of a battle in this one. She does, folks. We're jumping back in the time machine all the way to December twenty fifth, two thousand, to look at Monday Night Raw, special Christmas edition of Raw, and. It's everything you want it to be, everything you hope it is, and everything you expect it to be. And there's some great signs as well. So we hope you can join us for this full hour. We might go a little bit longer. We might not, depending. Um, but before we go to uh, to Raw, how are things, Martin? How are you, how are you doing this Christmas season? Oh, good. Um, myself and Hannah, we tried to do like a wee mini Christmas uh, before actual Christmas, kind of just to ourselves in our house. And then on actual Christmas, we go back home to you know, family and, and all that. So we try to do our own week Christmas. So I'm doing this podcast and then I will be spending the night frantically wrapping presents that I panic bought in the last two days into the wee hours. Um, <laughs> delighted, but yeah, that we're going out on St. Stephen's Day, which of course uh, for our friends in England is Boxing Day, but we, oh, will, but we will refer to as Wrestling Day. Well, okay, here's the thing, though, right? So, do you know who St. Stephen is? No. Right. So, St. Stephen is the first Christian martyr. So, he was the first person killed for Christianity except for Jesus. Um, oh, so that's why he gets the day after ex- Christmas. Exactly. Well, ah. here's the thing. So, there's a church in Rome called uh, San Stefano uh, del Rotondo, right? And it's an awesome uh, rotund church. Like, it's uh, in a circle. It's beautiful. And uh, it has all, like, like I think 150 depictions of like martyrs being killed. It is the most metal thing in the world. Like it's it's just like you know people being boiled alive and and like stabbed and killed and it's horrific. Fed to lions. It's horrific, right? But it's dedicated to him and it like really boils home 
that's also a pun because there's people being boiled as well. I didn't mean for that to happen, but it really uh, drives the point home of why he's so important. And everybody just thinks, oh yeah, it's like second Chris. I'm like, nah, man, he he really went through some stuff to earn that. So, you know, Boxing Day, I get it, guys. I, you know, that that's an English thing or whatever, but, you know, think of St. Stephen. He, he, he had a rough one. <laughs> he had a it's, rough one. It's surprising, like, when you look at uh, sort of Catholicism, Christianity today, and when you look back at, like, how it started, it was so much so more brutal. metal. Like, so uh, metal, yeah, one of my favourite one of my favorite ones is um, St. Valentine. So, obviously, Valentine's Day is all, you know, construction paper, cut out love hearts, and uh, angels with nappies on them. But actual St. Valentine was crushed to death. They just, over the course of, like, two or three days, every couple hours, just put another rock on top of them and yeah. just slowly... Slowly crushed them. So, do you know where his do you know where his heart is? Oh, this is is this going to be like the uh, like the church in Drogheda where they have um, <laughs> Oliver Plunkett's head? Yeah, his his heart is in Dublin, and his he- I've seen his skull. His skull is up in Rome. In the, do you know the mouth of truth thing where people put their hand in the in the the big mouth? Yeah, yeah. So that's what that church is famous for. But the actual skull of Saint Valentine is in that church. So. <laughs> Uh, there's lots of really cool stuff in Rome, guys. I I go there a lot. <laughs> I go well, there any, a lot. Any any of our listeners in in Ireland? Uh, yeah, you can head to Drogheda and just have a look at Oliver Plunkett's literal severed head. It's it's right there. And you can look. And if you're in Dublin, you can go and see Saint Valentine's literal heart. There you, go. there you go. Metal. So metal. Absolute so metal. metal. So that's why I'm like, you know, Boxing Day, I get it. It's like, you know, English people would have like boxes that they'd give money to charity or whatever. I'm like, look, that's cool. But, you know, you know, say it's even. It doesn't have quite the. It doesn't have the metal background. (laughs) (laughs) Correct us if we're wrong, but we're we're two Irish guys. So, I mean, come on. But but yeah, yeah. Christmas period. Great. Uh, I like it. uh, My my, uh, brother had a kid last year so right. now i've got this wee nephew so he is ah, good times. he's mad for it so it's yeah it kind of re sort of relights the the spark you have for it when you were younger i you know it's funny i i'm not a huge fan of christmas day per se um but i do really really like stevens's day i think it's like christmas without all the stress it's just super chill and then what i normally do is every two uh two or three years i replay bully the game oh nice because uh, that's like my Christmas game for some reason. I know there's a Christmas uh, little segment in it, but I think it's one of the best games ever made. And you know, uh, I'm I'm due like a, a replay of it. So this year it's going to be replay. I, you you can bang through it in like two days. So maybe, maybe I'll fun. maybe I'll do that with uh, Super Mario 64 because oh, I yeah, got it. I got it for Christmas um, one year, and see now. Whenever I, even when I look at the cover of that game, I, I swear to God, I can almost smell the Christmas tree. Has yeah, well, I mean, look, honestly, it, honestly, it's 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 one of the cool things that you can kind of do. I know it's not like super Christmassy, but you know, just breaking it out and being like, yeah, absolutely. So, bullies were to were to a uh, play through for me, and then absolutely do Mario sixty four. Well, uh, it's not just us having Christmas. Uh, it turns out uh, a lot of the wrestlers are having Christmas because uh, for the first time ever, um, WWE, under the new tutelage of Papa H, is um, giving them a week off. 
Just give them the rest of the for Christmas. It's actually so sound, it's unbelievable. It's like, <laughs> it's, it was like I mean, Whoa, it's, it's, do you know what it is? It's, it's one of those things that slightly frustrates me. Like, you know, people say, oh, that's actually so sound. I'm like, no, that's just a normal thing that should have been happening anyway. It only yeah, man, but- appears mega sound because of how lunatic and insane the previous regime was. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. If he still had been there, this wouldn't have happened. Oh, absolutely not. And in fact, um, I was surprised. So we're doing the uh, December 25th edition of Raw from 2000 this week. It literally happened on Christmas. Well, I was surprised to find out that it was a pre-record. It was recorded Ah, two days beforehand. But I would have zero problem believing that... (laughs) He fully made them wrestle on Christmas Day. No, 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 no. Like that—that that was one thing I was going to look up, but I'm glad you confirmed it. Yeah, there, yeah. there's, there's no way they did that, did that at Christmas. I mean, they have done a show at Christmas before. I think it was a tribute to the, the troops, kind of thing. But no, I, they're not that bad. Like they're bad, or they were bad, but they were never that bad. You know. <laughs> Well, like, there's very uh, so the, the fact that we're talking about holidays would would kind of indicate that there's a. Uh, there's very little in the way of news happening um, this week. The, yeah, not much really happens during this week. No, which that, is strange yeah. because um, you've got the Continental Classic is finishing up and it has been amazing. Last week, Ring of Honor had their uh, final battle pay-per-view. It was incredible. Yeah. And now AEW's having this huge pay-per-view on December 30th. And I Honestly, I can't tell if that's genius because it's just in that period before everyone's going out for like new years or if it's terrible and like nobody's gonna watch it i i i can't tell i guess we'll find out you know i'd like as i said with i'm okay with like less wrestling around this time of year i think wwe for example or even tna uh well tna are a different example uh because they're kind of really into the rebranding thing to the point that their app now has changed to tna plus it's not Impact Plus anymore. So, so has when when is the official switch it's over? The ne- it's the next pay per view. I think it's like the seventh of uh, January. Right, right. So, so, uh, but they're they're very much in the transitional period to get everything like ready to go for that. So, I will cut them slack in in that point of view. But oh, but w- is is that then? So we were going to talk about this. Is that the Snake Eyes pay per view? No, 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 no. The no, the first pay per view is like first kill. Oh, first kill. Yeah. Right. And then that's bizarre. So Snake Eyes then is, it's a pay-per-view they're having in Las Vegas. Sorry, Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill is the first pay-per-view. And then Snake Eyes is the day after. Oh, it's the day after. The day after, yeah. Maybe. So one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, was this pay-per-view. And I, whenever I bring this up, I'm not doing the Twitter snarky, ho, ho, you can't fill the hard cam section crap that people do online. Like, I'm genuinely baffled by this. This looks like an incredible pay-per-view. Uh, they've, they've got all your, the usual TNA stars, but on top of that, they're bringing in Will Ospreay in one of his final matches before he goes to the AEW. And they're also bringing over Okada yeah. for the first time in like something like 13 years. Yeah, And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the venue, I don't know if it's the date, I don't know if maybe it's just not being promoted, but for whatever reason, this pay-per-view just is not selling. And it, well, it it's still, look, baffles I, me. 
I think I can answer it. Um, I think it's just a combination of, you know, we talked about this a little bit on air that um, you heard that in Las Vegas, the locals don't really go to shows. So it could yes. be that. So apparently the track um, sales for the AEW pay-per-view, I think it's double or nothing to do every year in Las Vegas. Yeah. And apparently like 90% of the tickets are sold outside of Las Vegas itself. I think the answer is just pretty straightforward, though. I think it's a combination of it, we've just started the, 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 the promotional run of this. We've, we've literally just started it. Um, so I think it will be, you know, and it's Christmas. So no one's yeah. really thinking about anything else but Christmas. But most yeah. people, I think some people, you know. Well, uh, again, I want to be want to be clear. I'm not coming at this from a like a, a narky or a no. You know, a no, 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 no. angle because I'm baffled because this pay-per-view looks amazing. Like yeah, if, but, if I was within a hundred miles of this, I'd be there. No, but this is what I'm saying to you, right? I think it's a combination of the fact they're doing this over Christmas. And also, um, it's, it's just the time, you know, it, it's just, it's too, uh, it, it's on, oh, give me a second. It's just a combination of two things, right? It's that we're so close to, to, to the whole Christmas stuff that you can't really, n- no one cares about anything else, right? Or most people yeah. don't. And then there's also the fact that uh, it's kind of dropped from nowhere. We're only at the start of it. So what what I think will happen is right now, again, honestly, if there's one thing that can be learned from this, it's don't book these shows. Uh, you know, so close. Book them later in the year when people have like what what like it or not. The only thing people think about in January is the Royal Rumble, right? Yes. I think this would have benefited a lot. And it doesn't matter. Like, that's every company, right? Even WWE, they, they've kind of learned their lesson. They'll do a couple of specials. Like, they're doing New Year's Revolution and stuff like that. But they're not, a- like... After after World's End, AEW's next pay-per-view isn't until March. Exactly. You know, they're not... I think this is a case of, of uh, TNA probably having to learn this lesson again. And if they do learn it and it's bad, it's like, well, lads, you knew what worked, you know, and it, it, it could be it could be an opportunity to learn it quick and then they might go back to, to what kind of works. Um, so it could be that. But I think it's also uh, a combination of the fact it is just Christmas and then maybe in New Year, do you, you might see those tickets go quick. Like, I think well, that's I think that I t- no, I do think that I do think that's what's going to happen. But if it is a case where they get smacked and they don't sell, they're like, right. Why didn't this work? And the answer truly is you do not book shows before the Royal Rumble because nobody cares. And also nobody has any money in January. That, <laughs> I, I never have money in January. Do you know what? That is actually true because there is an episode of Collision on the same night as the Royal Rumble and I think they've only sold slightly over a thousand tickets for it. Yes. Um, but it's mad that you say that. Yeah, so I don't know how it works in England or America or wherever our listeners are from, in Ireland, you generally get paid uh, the week before Christmas. You yes. get your wages early in December, which yes. is great, but it makes for a very, very long January. And January 14 is pretty much about the time I run out of money every every year. Yeah, no, it happens. January 14 is when I'd be putting like, £3.50 into the electricity meter. <laughs> Go on. Hey, Anna, hope you fancy rice for the fifth dinner in a row. 
because that's all it is. We have the good rice. Right? Um, can, can we at least get salt and pepper? We ran out of salt yesterday. But there's a bit plenty of pepper. Of pepper. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think everybody's in that same kind of boat. So, like, running these shows in the middle of January is genuinely bizarre. Uh, I think it's a it's a silly move. I totally get why they did it. To be honest with you, I don't think it matters if they sell this out or not. Because what they'll do is the crowd that they will have will be absolutely rabid. Oh, and bonkers, then, yeah. And then what they'll do is they'll make it look really, really good. Yeah, they'll what move I think them all in. Yeah, take, what I think. To what, the ring. what I think happened here is they had the venue. They knew they need to build up some hype from this because they're launching like around that time. And I think the decision to do the whole TNA thing was more rushed than they're letting on, or more. But even admit it, like nobody knew about it, so it was probably like right. And you're just going right. It doesn't really matter if we draw on this one. This, I don't think this is a money making thing. This is just we're going to hit very hard. We're going to show the quality we can. We we like we're going to show the quality of these shows straight off the bat. And that's what yeah. I think this is. I don't think this is a we need to draw on this. They don't really care. But well, look, at the at the same time, uh, sorry, at the same time, if it is a case that they need to draw and they take a bat on this, and it wasn't intentional, which I do think it is intentional, um, then they they need to learn. Go back to what works. Well, whatever about, and I, I hate when wrestling fans get like mad into the business side of things, because unless you're in it, you don't really, you really don't understand it. Um, so I prefer to stick with the, um, like the, the con like the creative content, the wrestling side. And on that account, this looks amazing. Like I'm really yeah. looking forward to seeing this show. But as I said, man, I think from knowing what I know about TNA and from what I've heard, like talking to people in TNA, I think the desire to present wrestling first is what they're trying to do. From a business decision, this makes very little sense. But what I think happened is they, they made so much money and saved so much money and made so much money on the last tour, they can afford to really kind of do this. This seems like a kind of a, 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 a coming out party as such. You know, be like, bang, hard to kill. Bang, uh, snake eyes. These are two big shots. This is the opening salvo going forward. And that's what this kind of is. You know, why else would you do it? And then there's also the reality that if they didn't do it here, they're not going to have Will Osprey for very much longer. So I think it's a timing thing rather than anything else. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say there. But um, you actually, you raised another issue there that I kind of want to ask you about. And this is never going to happen because um, the, the reality of television wrestling nowadays is that the reason networks love it is because you get guaranteed X amount of hours of TV every week for the whole year. Uh, so it's never going to happen. But you talked about there being times during the year when people's interest dips and you know fewer people watch and people kind of go out for a while and come back in. Do you think yeah. wrestling, like other sports have, would benefit maybe from an off season. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I've had this discussion before with more than, you're not the first person to bring it up and you definitely won't be the last. Absolutely. The problem is, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, the, rea yeah, the, the reality, the reality it, just, it doesn't work that way. Like, I mean, there are different things. Like, do you, for example, UFC and wrestling can never work the same way. You know, you go off and fight, like, you know yourself, you go off and fight, uh, or you have a hard training session and you're hurt. You go back and you train, you're like, like my hip, 
you know, I, I injured my hip. I had to go see a physiotherapist. I couldn't go in and wrestle. You know, I literally have to rest it. The difference with wrestling is the lads are expected to work hard, but they can also cover a lot more. When you're actually fighting someone, you can't. You know, you ha- you train, you do, you do camp or whatever, and then you fight maybe twice a year. Maybe, you know, once a year or whatever. And there's no, re- there's no real way to have an off-season. You just have a big roster, right? It's same it, it, in martial arts tournaments, same. They would be every three months or every four months or like that, right? Grading as well, three months, right? Mostly, treating in six months and in years, right? But that's because that's real. We're wrestling. It's not. It's it's a it's a form of entertainment. So you can kind of have it. Um, you can kind of have a week to week, and that that's kind of why. Now, what I think it would benefit more than an off season, and I I've advocated for this before because an off season implies they're going to sit at home and do nothing, and you know. They don't probably don't want to do that. You know, wrestling is a whole it's like a whole gigging thing. I, I think it's more like when bands do it. Like yeah. And that's probably a better way to put it, right? So most bands will tour for like half a year, take a bit of a break, write an album, and then start touring again. Right. I mean that's that's the way we do it. We will we'll write, tour, write, tour, and etc. Right. Bigger bands do the same thing, unless you're talking about like Metallica who do world tours and that's all they think. But I mean, I think that model works more. And here's why. Say you have your main stars. We'll use WWE because that's who's in front of me now, right? Um, just say you have The Rock, Triple H, Undertaker, Kane, Mankind, or whatever. That's your base, right? Run your shows with them. Do it from the Royal Rumble till what? Uh, just after SummerSlam, right? And then you have an off season. You or even no, sorry, you usually the off seasons in the summer. So a better way to do it would be from like September to WrestleMania and then have your off season then over the summer. That's what I would do. Three months over the summer to be an off season. And in that off season, if we're talking about those stars, um, that's when you'd have your undercard, your, you know, whoever was in the undercard there coming up or the developmental scene. So the development scene in 2000 would be, you know, ECW guys or whatever. You'd put that on television. And that's oh, what I would do. So yeah. moving up today, what I would do is I'd have my main season from going up to the summer and then after SummerSlam, the beginning of September, maybe when the nights are getting cold, those three months, that's your off season. That's that's NXT or yeah. whoever, or even another developer. Or you know, you buy some independent somewhere, and that's your show. Just put that on. Put that, and that's what honestly, that's what I would do because you can't do an off season because it's not a sport, right? It's an entertainment. But what you can do is you can use the highlight something else. Or another thing you could do, best offs. They have literally hours of content. We're yeah. going to look at the history of WCW and do runs or the history of ECW and do runs. All it requires is I do believe that bodies need rest and like human bodies. Th- these people are still humans. So there's no reason to run them into the ground when nobody's watching. But yeah, definitely having something else on makes way more sense. It'd be a best of thing where it's like from the vault where it's like, you know, you have Shawn Michaels and whoever talking about the, the the shows that are going on and they could do runs or whatever. Um, but a much more beneficial thing would be put your indies up there, you know, either buy them or NXT. And that's what I would do. And I've been pushing for that for years. It's It, it makes it, a, I mean, to me, it makes a ton of sense because, like, I love wrestling. And I, I think most wrestling fans would admit to this as much as you love it man, you can get 
burnt out. Like sometimes there's just so much of it on that um you know a break would would not only like uh <coughs> it not only like you say give the wrestlers and that uh, time off and time to heal and all that, but can you imagine the anticipation for the new season? So like there hasn't been wrestling on for three months, and now well, look, the the new I'll, season's starting. Like it would be. Well, I put it to you huge. this way. I put it this way, right? Even doing this show, if we were doing week to week, it would be exhausting. But what's fun about this is we get to take breaks and go back and look at stuff from the past. Yeah. I mean, think about that as a wrestling fan. If you're like, even if this had been like terrible period, like John Cena's Reign of Terror. If or, that, the, or the WCW arc. We or the WCW arc or something. And then there was just, you knew, right, okay, it's going to go on for two months. And then there's like a break where it's like for three months to best of or, you know, maybe you have a best of and then an NXT show, best of NXT show or whatever. And you just kind of try different things over that period. And then you're like, right, okay, we're going back into it. It would just make everyone more reinvigorated and, you know, from the wrestling standpoint and also from the fan standpoint. Because, yeah, man, I mean, you get burned out. And if you know it's subpar, why would you bother? You know, like during the summer, those shows can be terrible, no, no matter who's doing them, because they know no one's watching. And then, as you said, very correctly, it, that first raw dynamite collision, SmackDown, whatever. They draw huge numbers because it's season premiere and you can bank around it. The only issue and the only reason why they wouldn't do it, sponsorships and advertisers. Yeah, those and, contract, and, and TV, the, uh, TV rights deals. Yeah, and those contracts obviously state, look, you need to give us a live show every week. And how you get around that is very easy. Okay, come on up, NXT kids. Welcome. <laughs> and then just start doing stuff from the performance center. That's what I would do. Genuinely, that's what I would do. Yeah, well, look, it's like you say, it's an interesting discussion, but it's not going to happen. Not yet. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say not ever. I mean, if there's one thing that 2023 has shown. Oh, my that... God. <laughs> yeah. Should I finish the statement? Should I, should, I finish, should I finish the statement or will I let you say it? Well, not even 2023. How many things since 2019 have happened? that people said 100% will never, there will never be a major alternative to WWE ever again. Vince McMahon will never retire. CM Punk will never come back. It all happened. Punk came back three times. (laughs) It's funny. Uh, Was it? I saw something the other day. CM Punk has uh, returned and retired three three times in the space of GTA uh, 5 been out. So, look, as I said, you can, look, I know it's cliche, but cliches exist for a reason. You can never say never with this kind of stuff. And, and the fact that the, the business very much is changing, uh, you kind of have to just be like, well, look, I mean, it was done one way for ages. That way doesn't work anymore. Now it's going to work in a very different way. They just need to be creative with it and just or just take the scope. Look, go on holidays for a while. Why not? And that's, I think, Triple H doing this move has really shown that we're not in 2000 anymore. Yeah. You know, we're not in um, a world where wrestling is everything. It's like, no, it's it's, it's a show. and People can go home and have a good time afterwards. It's not everything. Uh, I, I think it's a much healthier um, approach to take. But look, oh, absolutely. mark my uh, words, Martin. 
Mark by words. There will be an off-season wrestling eventually. What it will look like, I don't know. But they will do it. They will do it. I guarantee it. Well, they definitely didn't take an off-season in 2000 because this episode not. of Raw comes out on Christmas Day. But before that, hold on, before we get into it, I'm because it is Christmas, and I saw this great article from ProWrestlingStories.com, right? So I'm going to read some of these and see which ones you remember, which ones you don't. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I want to get, before we get, before we get into it, I just want to, you know, say these ones, right? So, so the first one on the list is Santa Claus. Santa. Santa. Santa Claus. <laughs> I do the, remember In your house pay-per-view. Number five. Well, do you know what? I don't know now if I remember that one or if it's just because we covered in your house, uh, about two months ago, and we had a we had a bit of a crack about Santa Claus. <laughs> we did Santa Claus was was in it. Um, what else have we got in the list here? So, oh, so the next one is Kurt Angle versus Santa Claus, and this was so this was like two thousand and six. So sorry, no, this was uh two thousand and four at Armageddon. So we have talked about Armageddon as well. This wasn't the one where, um, what's it? Uh, oh, what's what the ugly fella? Joey Mercury. I was going to say from Eminem. But it was before he took the ladder to the face. But I mean, it, definitely his face wasn't helped when the ladder exploded his face. So that wasn't this one. But Armageddon 2004 is when Kurt Angle had a match uh, with, with, Santa, with Santa Claus. Well, I think it's a requirement in wrestling that... S- some company has to do it, but every year around Christmas, in some wrestling ring somewhere in the world, Santa has to be getting beaten up. Whatever version it is, um, in 1987, they had uh, Santa Claus come out and attack, uh, I think maybe it was Shawn Michaels, and then it turned out it was Vader <laughs> in the well, costume. Well, do you know who played Santa Claus at this point? Who? Beto. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The next one is USWA's Christmas Creature, who's played by none other than Glenn, Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane. Okay, so I'm looking at him now, and that is mad, because that costume, I'm pretty sure, is the exact costume Goldust wore when he was doing his artist formerly known as Goldust, and one day he'd come out as a gimp, and the next day he'd come out as a... I know a lollipop lady and around, <laughs> <laughs> around Christmas he came out as a Christmas tree and he looks exactly like the USWA's Christmas creature. So why well, he stole Kane's went into his wardrobe and was like, oh, I'll take this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well wouldn't shock me. So Kane, wouldn't shock me. Kane had finally gotten himself a decent gimmick by that stage or Glenn Jacobs had finally gotten himself a decent <laughs> gimmick by that stage. Oh, man. The next one on the list is when Santa Claus was the winner of the WWE twenty four seven championship. So it says here. So it's a bit a, uh, it's a bit um, confusing here because the, the the credit says hardcore championship, but it's obviously not. So the copy editor here is pretty bad. Uh, yeah, it was twenty four seven championship that he won. Uh, yeah. So so far, well, I think the championship is gone now, but it had two hundred and two recognized reigns one of which was santa claus um so two things uh one b 
because of this championship, isn't uh, R-Truth now technically the most decorated WWF wrestler in history? He is, yeah. That's amazing. I kind of love that. Um, (laughs) And the other thing is, uh, what do you think? The 24-7 title, top contender for possibly the ugliest belt in wrestling history? No, I still think John Cena's deplorable use of the title (laughs) is so much worse. Yeah, because it's not just ugly, it's offensive. Yeah, it's offensively (laughs) ugly. I mean, he should be in the Hague for that. (laughs) Genuinely, like, horrific. And that's a perfect time to bring that up, because the next one is... John Cena saves Christmas. See, guys, we're professionals. (laughs) Yeah. We're professionals. We we, we we meticulously plan these shows out. (laughs) Absolutely. Every segment, every segment is to the letter. Uh, you don't just frantically get a text at like a <laughs> half seven on a Friday going, what the hell are we doing today? <laughs> yeah, no, we don't do that at all. That's not exactly, that's not exactly what happens at all. No. Um, so yeah, John Cena, uh, the face of WWE for more than a decade, if you can believe it, it was horrific. Um, it was up to him to save Christmas because Santino Morella and Beth Phoenix wanted to tell the truth about Santa Claus. But the John truth Cena, being that he is a neo-Nazi. You're just going to let that one hang there, are you? going to let that one... <laughs> just gonna, I don't, I don't know just where... Gonna, he's just going to leave me out there to dry. I don't even know where to go. <laughs> so, Beth Phoenix and Santi Morello are obviously being very heelish. And... Uh, the leader of the C Nation. Oh my God, I can't believe that was a thing. Oh, terrible, 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 terrible. Um, along with Trish Stratus, defeated, obviously, Phoenix and uh, Morella, defending them from, uh, you know, doing the ultimate heel move. So, uh, 2007. You asked, me earlier, you asked me earlier if I'd seen the pipe bomb when it yeah. happened, like around yeah. the t- year it happened. And yeah. I hadn't. And a big reason I hadn't was because. The whole uh, Super Cena wins everything oh, era. I and I say era, it went on for like 14 years. Oh, it was the worst thing ever. Just completely, like I couldn't watch it anymore. See, well, the, and I, also around that time, I went to university and discovered girls and whiskey. So That's fair. That's fair. See, if it wasn't for Super Cena, I would have never discovered TNA. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, is, there is a benefit for how horrifically... It, it, doesn't, it just go to show, doesn't just go to show that no matter how well a company is or isn't doing, you always need an alternative. Just always. Yes, yeah. just not run by Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas, so I'll not, I'll not fight with you. <laughs> oh, you love, you love this one. Yeah, oh God, yeah. That, that's why. That's why I'm trying to project because uh, I can't defend this one at all this is, there's no defense of this 2007 TNA Impact's Christmas episode the first uh, the first sentence in the description says it all AJ Styles <laughs> the red nosed reindeer bam 10 out of 10 TNA Impact Christmas special featured an 8 man tag Christmas team match inside of a inside of a 6 sided steel cage a six-man tag team double North Pole match that was, and then apparently it was good. There was a Silent Night bloody match and a fatal four-way match with, sorry, 
sorry, let me read that again. The Silent Night bloody match, fatal four-way match. This is actually copy. This is not me messing it up. Which features <laughs> we- weapons wrapped as gifts. Who who wrote this? Who hold on, I'm gonna look, who who wrote this? Pro wrestling stories dot com. Yeah, yeah, no, this no one proofread this. That's why it's it's so bad. I'm reading it verbatim. But yeah, so there were not one but two nonsense team matches in this. I'll tell you what I do like the sound of though. Go on. A barbed wire wrapped Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. I do I like, like the that sound as well. of that. Yeah, I do like that. Actually we might have to watch this one. We're gonna watch this one next week. I'm gonna find this one. Yeah. We're gonna watch we're gonna watch. Get get that on the go for for next week's dynamite. I want to see that. So so that's it. There's a apparently it's the greatest wrestling Christmas ode ever. Right, we're okay. watching this. We're watching this now for our New Year's, folks. That's your that's your Christmas present from us. We're gonna watch this <laughs> random episode of TNA next week. Uh, it's gonna be a good time. So okay, here here's a better one that you probably do remember. The time of Berta de Rio killed Santa Claus. With his car. No, what he hit a drive over. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> he ran over him on Raw. Alberto Del Rio, God, he is <laughs> it's uh, so brutal. It's so brutal. He's one of those guys you literally go your whole life and never think of until someone mentions it and you go, Oh my god, yeah. Was he the champion for like a week, maybe? No, or- he was cha- he was champion for ages. What? Yeah, he had a, like two or three runs, and then he married oh Paige, and then didn't, and now he wrestles in the gym. Oh my god! He just returned to wrestling this week in a gym for like four people. There you go. You gotta, you gotta start again somewhere. I suppose could be worse. Could be a uh, could be a uh, control your narrative. <laughs> oh god! Yeah. See, they've they've closed down. Oh man, what a what a bad idea it was. Hold on, let's see. How many runs did he have? Oh, man, his Wikipedia is wild. Oh, man. Okay, right. He won the WWF, the WWE Championship, right, twice. The World that's, Heavyweight Championship, twice. That's why. The US title, twice. The Bragging Rights Trophy. The Money in the Bank winner. And he won the Royal Rumble. I don't think I've ever seen a single match he's ever been in. Really? I don't think so. And he cashed in on CM Punk as well to win his one one of the titles. Oh my god! Oh, was yeah. that why people were really angry about the way the yeah. summer of Punk ended? Yeah, because it's because of him. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Nash comes out and power bombs him, and then he shows up and cashes in. So oh my god, that's yeah, amazing. yeah, it was pretty good, Ari. I mean, at the time it was horrendous, but it's pretty funny now in in hindsight. This right. uh, next one has a bit of an Undertaker versus Undertaker vibe to it. Good Santa versus bad Santa. <laughs> so apparently Mark Henry loves Christmas, which I didn't notice. Uh, this is apparently a thing. So Mark Henry wrestling as the good Santa faced Dam- Damien Sandow as the bad Santa. One of my favorite Christmas movies. There you go. Bad Santa. Have you, so, have you seen it? I have. Billy Bob Thornton. Phenomenal. Uh, an utterly, utterly dreadful sequel of Bad Santa 2, which doubly annoyed me because the opening scene of Bad Santa 2 is incredible. It's one of the best uh, opening movie scenes I've ever seen. It's all just <laughs> Santa trying and failing to kill himself in a load of different ways. And then the rest of the movie is just crap. 
so speaking of Santa trying to kill himself in different ways, <laughs> one of the ways is is to have a boiler room brawl match with Mick Foley. So you may know that Mick Foley likes Santa Claus and likes to dress up as Santa Claus and likes to pretend to be Santa Claus. Good old Saint and, Mick. And usually is on WWE shows. But back in 1999, he was beating the hell out of them where he was ambushed by seven assailants dressed in Santa, in Santa costumes um, in a boiler room brawl match. There you go. That's uh, I don't know why, but that just strikes me as like something that would happen on South Park. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna watch this later. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the great thing about the great thing about the network is you can actually watch this mad stuff and be like, oh yeah, it's actually on YouTube as well. It's six minutes. That is far too long for <laughs> for Mick Foley versus a dozen Santa Clauses. Most of which feature the former. Most of which feature the former number one contender. <laughs> one second away, Martin. One second away from winning the world title against, against the, the Rock at the peak of his power. At the peak of his power. <laughs> so the next one I I've never seen, and it's kind of bizarre. Uh, well, kind of bizarre. I mean, very bizarre. It's Roddy Piper reenacting the Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Oh man, I imagine this was nuts. I've yeah. never seen it either. I've never seen but, it. But uh, Roddy Piper in a, a skit or a segment. Yeah, I, I imagine it's from it's 1985. Mental. Oh, phenomenal! Like when he was really, actually, like actually brilliant. Was he like the top heel in the world? In he the was. He Did was, he like yeah. people tried to stab him like a couple of times? In Puerto Rico, that would happen a lot. Yeah, in wrestling, like Dutch Mantel uh, has some stories about that. If you've ever listened to his shoots, apparently that was just a thing that was done in 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 some territories in the 80s. So it wouldn't shock me. Uh, tribute to the cho- troops in 2003 Vince McMahon got a stunner by Stone Cold Steve Austin dressed as Santa Claus ah I'd say that uh, was warm the rock. He's, in a, he's in a full Santa outfit out in the Middle East yeah outdoors oh, I'd say that was I'd say that was sweaty so the rock's 12 See, days of was, Christmas he was cooking up some soup in that uh, Santa suit but speaking of cooking, we all got to smell what The Rock was cooking on the 12 days of Christmas when The Rock was scheduled to face Test in a singles match and decided to uh, cover 12 days of Christmas, which we can't even discuss what he says because we're on the radio. <laughs> but you can find on YouTube. The joys of the attitude era was a lot of stuff you cannot talk about because I don't even know how it was allowed on television at certain points. This next- seems to be something of a an annual tradition for The Rock because on the episode of Raw we're about to review, he also does a wee Christmas ditty. He does. He does. Uh, 13, Stone Cold Steve Austin stunned Santa Claus. So, it, it, like, in 1997 he was stunning Santa Claus. And then in 2003 he was being Santa Claus, still handing out stunners. Right. Who was this Santa Claus? Right? Because... Of all the Stone Cold Stunners he has ever hit, this is in my top three. It's this one, one he did on Bret Hart in one of their matches before it was, I think it was like the first time he ever busted it out. Um, so it, it didn't get a huge crowd pop or anything, but Bret took it like a, like it broke his neck. It was awesome. Uh, and the other one is obviously uh, Scott Hall's amazing one where he just bounces into space. You know who it could be? Could be Mick Foley. 
well, I, I tell you, whoever took this stunner was awesome. It was sold like a legitimately dangerous move. It didn't do the rocks, big, bouncy, flippy. Like, this is one of my top three stunners. I mean, it genuinely could have been Mick Foley. I don't know. No, wait, no, 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 he has short hair. Never mind. Yeah, Mick's distinctive. (laughs) He is. No, no, no. It's, I don't know who it was, but I will look into this because he did, I'm watching it here and he did like sell it really, really well. Yeah, it's it's class. It's like I said, it's one of my favorite. Uh, he does he does bump uh, bump like like Mick Foley, which is funny. Oh man, some of the signs in that segment were hilarious. Uh, yeah. Well, after remind me to bring up the signs of that segment after we go to after we go over the hour. But anyway, look. So we're gonna link. We're gonna put that up on our social media uh, page because it's pretty funny. Uh, it's on prowrestlingstories.com and it's by Kevin Tanza. So. Good job, Kevin. Uh, Kevin. Maybe, maybe read it again uh, for for the. Yeah, uh, I, I, I know. Uh, I know how it is, Kevin. You're trying to get out of the office. It's the last work day before that's Christmas. It, that's all he's you, doing. He's like, oh, it's fine. Just, it's fine. Yeah, just have you, you, you realize you haven't done any shopping yet, and you're just trying to knock it together and get out the door at two o'clock. I mean, it's a good list. It's just kind of weird when you're reading it for bait and you're like, oh. Here's a trick that I always found when I'm writing stuff: read it, read it out loud, and then that's when you. You kind of realize, oh, that makes no sense. <laughs> but uh, sure, look, we, we let him go. It's Christmas. We won't, we won't rake him over the coals too much, will we? Good. Happy Christmas, Kevin. Happy Christmas, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for your phenomenal article, which genuinely was. That was a fun list. And I'm going to go back and watch that Boiler Room Brawl later because it looks really fun. Uh, and, he, and he gave us content for next week. We have a yes. random TNA show, man. Excellent. So Dara's favorite thing. There, oh, there's, it is. There, there's Dara's Christmas present. A random oh. TNA show. I love it. I love it. You know, that's all I ask for in the world uh, is random TNA. You know, with that, there's not Hulk Hogan in it. Less Hulk Hogan. AJ Styles, the red-nosed reindeer. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sold. Like, that's... I'm red-nosed sold. reindeer. Oh, man. Uh, there was some random Christian Cage stuff put up from TNA when he was, like, feuding with... Um, I think it was R-Truth. And, uh, yeah, he just gives him, like, a low blow. It's amazing. I love Christian Cage. What a phenomenal wrestler. Really He's is incredible. He he has gone, uh, in my estimation, from when he debuted a couple of years ago. I was like, eh, it's nice, but didn't really need Christian Cage in my wrestling. And you know, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, whatever it was. And in the past six months, I'm just like, no, nope, I was wrong. He's amazing. He's one of yeah. my top five wrestlers. I love him. See, everybody just thinks about Christian Cage with the WWE run. And then when you discover his like god tier run, in it's TNA. mad. It's not even his best. It's not even his third best. No, like his AEW run isn't even like is the second best run. His WWE run is pretty good. Like there's like the whole Christian Christian thing, the last run, phenomenal, right? But just that that TNA run, it's just so unhinged. <laughs> it's just because fun- <laughs> it's just like just go, and it's oh man. Just such a legend. Like, like I think when people were surprised when he was in the Hall of Fame, like the TNA Hall of Fame is a bit silly in and of itself. But when they're like really Christian in the Hall of Fame, it's like watch it, and then once you watch it, you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Also, there's a really funny uh, picture of the four horsewomen, and then uh, our truth just photoshopped in because he's like the most decorated champion of all time. Yeah, a bit of respect on his name there. He is you- the most decorated. <laughs> WWF wrestler in history. 
Oh man, he really is. He really is. Or truth. <laughs> what an absolute legend. Doesn't get enough. Uh, doesn't get enough uh, respect. But you know, we'll we'll try and change that. So look, we have fifteen minutes, guys. Uh, at this point, we'd be like, look, we are going to cover this episode of Raw. I know we had a bunch of housekeeping to, to, to cover there and some some fun parts. But uh, genuinely, want to thank everybody for listening to the show over the past year and everything that's kind of happened as far as like the listenership has been really really good. We're growing the social media as well. Martin's looking after that. And uh, yeah, Martin, we have a Patreon. So for folks that maybe do no, don't know what the Patreon is, I want to make our Christmas a little happier. How can they do that? Well, you can hop on to uh, our link tree, which uh, has all our, our social media, our Patreon link, website links. And if you go to our Patreon, you'll find a number of different tiers. In uh, one of them, we have the X-Pac Euro. If you were not aware what X-Pac shouts at the start of his uh, entrance theme music, you owe us an X-Pac Euro. And then we have different tiers that uh, go up. One, two, five, ten. Uh, of course, we did have the the penny tier where you would just pay us a penny every day until CM Punk returned. But he has returned now. So that tier has changed. You simply pay us a penny every day until he inevitably implodes <laughs> and gets fired again. And our top tier at the moment is the Virgil Tenor. The Vir- you can't beat the Virgil Tenor. No. If you're a, if you're a fan of the show, if you're one of the <laughs> weirdos who had us, the four percent of listeners who had us as their top shows, who I can of only the assume, year, your top shows of the year, <laughs> who I can only assume are our mothers, <laughs> um, <laughs> then you absolutely need the uh, the Virgil Tenor tier. That's here's what you do. For you. Here's what you do. If you're listening to this uh, on Stevens Day and you're like. You forgot to buy somebody a present for like New Year's. Go out and get them a Virgil Tenor subscription to us. Virgil. And don't don't even say anything else. Just be like, here you go. Nothing. And like, what's this? Like, it's, a Virgil, it's a Virgil Tenor subscription. Do you know if anyone actually that. signs up for that? I think we'd have to. We'd have to send them. So we'd have to send them a letter or have them on the show <laughs> or something. Virgil Tenor, like a Tenor would probably buy you like an ownership share in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you could get a Virgil Tenor, become our bosses. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it's up there, and you know, I think it'd be a cool gift to give it to someone. It's like when WCW sold for like <laughs> sixty euro and a, a five euro off subway voucher. No, one of those CEX vouchers, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just like here's a hundred euro in CEX vouchers. Like, all right, cool. And they go in and get like a couple of games. I have. £80 sterling in a CEX voucher. Do you? I have had for three years now, I think. Yeah, because well, I, I, I got it when, uh, Breath of the, when I got Breath of the Wild. I mean, they last for a thousand years, so... Yeah, I noticed that on the... Yeah. Just, just, don't lose, just, just don't lose it or else, you know... Here, wouldn't it be mad if, like, way into the future, like a Futurama type thing way into the future like cex actually becomes like this massive global brand and like 80 quid in cex is like worth in today's money like 100 or 200 million and one of my ancestors finds this in my dusty breath of the wild box where i keep it and goes into cex with it and it turns out it's been like a thousand years and one day like no we can't honor that but see the problem is i have a receipt from 2015 and it's almost completely gone 
like the ink is almost completely oh, gone. Right, right, yeah. Not so, the, not the money. No, no. So the ink does kind of run off after a while. So the the thing is, though, they do send you an email as well. That's true. They right. do, but see, the servers will still have to be up. Although here, your computer, right? Yes. Maybe you can answer this. I got an email from a friend of mine in the states. Uh, there this week, uh, someone I haven't heard from in years, just out of the blue, got an email from them, and uh, yeah, they were giving me a bit of shtick over having a Hotmail account. She was like, "Oh my god, Ireland must be like the last country that Hotmail is still running." Like, I, I was taken aback by how much, how much uh, attitude I got over my Hotmail account. Is is Hotmail out? Is it not cool in the in the tech world? You're you're my you're my tech whiz kid. It doesn't exist anymore. It hasn't for like fifteen years. Have I? Am I just? Am I like some maniac sitting there? Like the laptop's not even on, and I think I'm getting all. These, <laughs> I think I'm getting all these hotmail emails. Oh God! Everybody wants to talk to me on hotmail. <laughs> no, what happened is Microsoft bought it, so like they just kind of so seen. So they're still running, but it doesn't really exist anymore. You know, like you can't get a hotmail account. What? Yeah, you you can just get like a Microsoft account, but they still run. Like if you have a, if you have your address, it will still work. They just you just can't get a new one. So it's I'm just weird the... to see. It is weird to see. I I I agree with your friend, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, you're you're probably gonna get that for a while. It's like people who use like I I still have like Yahoo account that um I've had for years, and anytime I use it, it's like. Oh yeah, this is weird. I forgot I have this because you still use because you know most people use um, Gmail or actually most people use Gmail or something like that as well. But you know, some people wonder, like to use Proton as well. Wonder are there people still out there chatting on MSN Messenger or AOL online? Well, MSN Messenger is also bought by Microsoft. Oh my God, Microsoft! You're the Disney of computers. <laughs> so yeah, like they're still running, and I mean Skype is kind of based on that technology too. So. There you go. Yeah. And they also own, are also owned by Microsoft. So there you go, folks. If you're using Hotmail, uh, good luck. Give us a shout, yeah. Good luck. And we'll set up, what, we'll set up an exclusive Patreon tier, and you can only get into it if you're, if you're writing to us from a, a Hotmail account. <laughs> Original as well. It has to be .com, not .co.uk or .co.uk. I, I don't other. even think you can enforce that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if don't really sane enough to it anyway. We don't need to, we don't need to worry about enforcement. <laughs> like, oh no, sorry, you can't. You have to. You know. uh, sorry, lads. Oh, but I really want to give you six hundred quid. Uh, you don't have a no, hot, you, know, uh, you have a hotmail account. You know. oh, sorry, Why don't you sorry. just join the Xbox Euro tier six hundred times? <laughs> really specific rules. <laughs> Really specific rules, which, which we will enforce, not to this, not to the spirit of the law, but to the letter. <laughs> the letter, the actual. The letter. We would be rigid and unmoved if there is a typo in the way it's written down. <laughs> we will stick to the typo. There you go. He's a he's a harsh man. He is, but we don't make the rules. <laughs> I'm a. I think working in government has turned me into a bureaucrat. <laughs> Well, look, folks, on that note, we wish you a very Merry Christmas uh, and we'll be back just in time for the new year to talk about 
this phenomenal TNA Christmas special from 2007. And we might do a best of the year, some funny things that happened to the year. I'm not too sure just yet. But we are going to be back after this break over on NerdToKnowMedia.com, which if you go to NerdToKnowMedia.com or TheWrestlingRewind.com specifically, you'll be able to find our link tree to everything, uh, past shows, social media, all that kind of stuff as well. Or you can just email us directly from your Hotmail account if you wish. Or from <laughs> only, only from your Hotmail account. No, 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 no. We're going to be less strict we're on gonna, that. We're going to set up a filter. If you, <laughs> if you don't email us from a Hotmail, it won't even get through. It won't even get through. Um, but yeah we are there and we'll be back after this break on the podcast to talk about uh, cr- the Christmas Day 2000 edition of Monday Night Raw Matt is there anything to say before we hit this break Nullicon Adiv there we go talk to you there guys you have nothing else to do on a Saturday do you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. Alright, if you please... Blech. 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 I fucking Sin Cara about um, you were watching with some of Sinkara, weren't you? Yes, oh yeah. Oh, okay. yeah I saw some of that. Okay. The different variations and the... And the, the I, I was actually really impressed when he was jumped into the ring until I found out that there's a wee, uh, there's a wee trampoline there. And that they always record with twice. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Hi folks, welcome back to NerdToKnowMedia.com, TheWrestlingRewind.com and wherever else you're listening to the extended edition of the podcast, which is either those two places or the True Penny channel. Uh, we're back to talk uh, After Dark because there is a segment in this show, very much is After Dark, Martin, you might know which one it is. There uh, are a few segments in this show. There are, I, was watching this on a, I was watching this on a bus today. Oh and lord! I, to, I was like, "Oh, it's with your with your shoulder angled so nobody <laughs> behind could see." Um, but yeah, so this was the Christmas Day edition from Shenandoah, Tennessee, uh, in two thousand year two thousand uh, well, Christmas I, Day. I actually wanted to raise a question about that because I don't think that's true. It says it's from Chattanooga, Tennessee, but I watched this whole episode, and Dara, you're the only ten I see. Ah. Oh. Thanks, Martin. Appreciate that. But no, <laughs> we, get, it, we get a little bit blue when we get off the radio. A little bit blue, but no, we do. It was coming from Shenandoah, um, and it started off in a very uh, modern way, if that makes sense. Again, I have to call it this phenomenal sign. Like one thing I love about coming back to this period is that the sign game is just phenomenal. Uh, Stephanie is Daddy's little ho ho ho. Uh, <laughs> I, I really appreciate the people's row, which was weird. I mean. They individually brought signs with them, like an entire row. That was fun. The graphics are, you know, it's it's the the latter Raw's War set, and the graphics are all kind of Christmas themed with like wreaths and stuff like that as well. The Grinch has nothing on Vince. That was fun too. Uh, I don't really get it though. I mean, and true. But, no, but Vince never tried to steal Christmas per se. You know, he didn't like just 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 innocence. Just <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. 
Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's some funny signs saying puppy love and I got wood. And a few other signs that, you know, out of context. Yeah, Did, double you notice that the, the WWF signs, so it's the noughties. Yes. Uh, late 90s, early noughties. So it's still a bit risque. But the WWF signs tend to lean more towards cheeky. Whereas yes. the WCW signs tend to lean more towards rapey and homophobic. <laughs> I don't that's know if it's true. a difference in the audiences that's, or... That's very true. You know, that's very true. You know, like a WWF sign would be like, oh, gold dust is a Christmas fruit or something like that. Whereas a WCW sign would be like, gold dust a fucking fag. He's a fucker. I fucking hate him. I think that was a sign. It's <laughs> So many of them, like it comes up so often. It does, like, like literally, there there will be, and like probably on this show, there's probably going to be some kind of sign like it. And if it was in WCW, it would just be like extremely aggressive. No, yes, no, no, really. no, no nuance. It's just like no, straight no, to it. Really aggressive, really homophobic, just very angry. I don't know. Maybe it's because the company was dying. Um, like I say, this is a. Uh, Christmas Day 2000, WCW had maybe three months left and they actually didn't even put on a Nitro. There was no Christmas Nitro, not like a pre-tape, not a best of. They just didn't even bother with the Nitro that well, year. I saw the second sign, been stole Christmas. So, I mean, I don't know why he said that. It's like, he didn't. He gave me one Christmas Day off. You're still getting Christmas. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I had to look this up to make sure it was a pre-tape because whenever it started, I was like, God, they got a hell of a crowd for That's it, yeah. Christmas I think it was like, there's no way those people. It's like, what's it? Just imagine going to your wife, sorry, honey, I need to go watch wrestling. But then I was... <laughs> like, divorce. Then I was divorce. thinking like, uh, is it Thanksgiving a bigger deal in the US than Christmas? Uh, depends. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of because everyone celebrates Thanksgiving and Christmas and... America, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I was thinking, uh, maybe Thanksgiving's the bigger day, so maybe it's not a big deal for people to go out on, on Christmas. No, it's, it still is. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine trying taking those tickets home and go, hey, you know, we're, uh, forget <laughs> oh, your family. You're not doing that in December. <laughs> <laughs> forget your family. You don't need that. You're going to watch wrestling. There's no way. There's no way. You would be divorced so fast. It would be like you can go, but you're not coming back. It's Christmas. The children say, I have got to see the the Undertaker wrestle to a 10-minute DQ. Okay, that's more important. (laughs) This is more important than the the kids. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, God, that's that's hilarious, but also probably a conversation that happened. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Stephanie comes out and cuts this nonsense promo, right? She's wearing a little Santy hat. It's all good time. Matt, she looks two, very... Two looks, things. Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. No, she go looks... Ahead. At this point, this is like Stephanie's weird period where she just looks strange. Yeah, I had two memories come flooding back to me when I watched this. The first one was, one, around that age, I fancied the hell out of Stephanie McMahon. Same, same. I don't know what was wrong with me. Yeah, uh, no, same. The other thing is, my God, has she got the most grating voice in wrestling? I think that was on purpose. It's, uh, well, I'll tell you, that is a hell of a gimmick because it yeah. is painful to listen to. 
Yeah, no, it, I, and this promo is gratuitously long. It's yeah. like 10 minutes of her just going on a mad one. Like, Bob- it's nonsense. <laughs> so basically, the main takeaway from this is that Vince isn't there because he's in a soup kitchen in Greenwich, which is kind of hilarious, like, when you're older, because you're like, you know, but, cause, you know, in Ireland, you don't really, you know, you don't really get some of these places. Because, like, watching as a wrestling fan, like, for example, re- wrestling fans will know more random parts of America because they're wrestling fans. For example, oh, Poughkeepsie. Why, why do I know? I, why do I know Boise, Idaho? Why do you know Boise? Why do I know Poughkeepsie? That's, exactly. This These is random ridiculous. places. Tamakota, Washington. Chattanooga. Right? What? <laughs> Right, so you know these places, but you don't really know them, right? So this is like watching this, is, and particularly if you're a kid, like what well, I was like eight or nine watching this, like oh yeah, there's soup kitchens in Greenwich, and the only way you know there's something weird about it is because like, uh, Jr. is like a soup kitchen in Greenwich. And you're like oh okay, I guess that they must be the rich part, and then you make sense as a guy, whatever. So, but the whole point of the promo is they're explaining why Vince isn't there. But then they bring out Edge and Christian and Kurt Angle. Now remember, Christian and Edge and Christian were oh, sorry, Christian Edge and Kurt Angle were in this like they they were an unofficial three way. Who's, who's Christian with? Uh, Edge. Edge. Who's that? Edge. Edge. Oh, I've never heard of him. Oh, you mean? Oh, you mean Adam Copeland? Adam Copeland, yeah, <laughs> the rated yeah. R superstar Adam Copeland. Oh is my that, god, oh. is that who you're referring to? But what is, you call a bass player Adam Copeland? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, so this is when he was in a in a, in a reputable company. Ah, oh, no, I'm sorry, that was mean. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the, the big leagues is the, the big leagues. The, the latest Twitter trend. Here, no, to, here so to the way we were talking about the. Uh, <laughs> like Boise and yeah. Chattanooga and all that. Like, yeah. so whenever I was growing up and I'd hear all these names, I just assumed that these are all like major cities. Like, major cities. Oh, <laughs> like, oh WWF coming and the way he says it coming from Poughkeepsie. You're like, oh my God, Poughkeepsie must be like this massive place. You know, it's a bit like <laughs> if we had wrestled here and be like, coming from Burr, Offlay. <laughs> <laughs> Making it from Tullamore <laughs> and hot out of Newton Arts. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, America is big, and you don't appreciate how big America is until you go there. Because there's no real reference point when you're in Ireland. I mean, even the UK is is big, bigger, but it's just like, yeah, it's just kind of funny how that kind of works. And then when you're looking at where these shows come from, it kind of makes sense with the. With the way touring is done, you know, you could probably get all of Ireland in Poughkeepsie. You think all? You think you get all of Ireland in like Jersey, Leitrim? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, okay, so basically, what happened here is a lot of this is fallout from the SmackDown on Thursday. So Kurt Angle screwed The Rock and The Undertaker, who were a tag team and tag team champions at this point. I know it's weird. Um, where Edge and Christian uh, won. Because Kurt Angle decided to screw the two of them. And they're celebrating the fact that it all happened. And what's great tension now between The Undertaker and The Rock. Who really, really uh, coveted those belts for some reason. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know why they would. It's <laughs> The tag team belts seen below The Undertaker and The Rock. Who are multi-time world <laughs> champions at this point. Um, yeah. I, now here's one thing I forgot to look up. 
times, but you might have. How far away were we from Armageddon 2000 at this point? I did not look that up. I, okay. I apologize. So, but so we're going. Like, so hold on. We're going to do the most professional thing which we can do, which Google is Google Live. Google Live. And pretend like I knew it all along. So the tenth of December is when Armageddon two thousand was on, right? So that was um, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. So Kurt Angle did win that uh, multi man hell in the cell match. It was the first six man hell in the cell match, and obviously Kurt Angle won it. Um, but in that time period, The Rock and Undertaker had like patched up those differences and won the tag belts for reasons. <laughs> Reasons which were never really explained. And then, as soon as they lost them, they went right back to being enemies. Because. Because. Just because. In fact, uh, The Undertaker kind of addresses that, doesn't he? He's like, he does does a promo where he says something like, um, oh, I think Vince McMahon's crazy if he thinks he needs to heat up my rivalry with The Rock. I'll always be ready to fight The Rock. All, so, all right. <laughs> so Kurt Angle cuts this equally long promo, but it's it's significantly better than than. Uh, He's than, such than a Stephanie. great heel champion. He isn't he, he really is phenomenal He's heel champion. Incredible. So he introduces his family. Uh, I think they legitimately are his family as well. Uh, if it's not, they've got five of the most convincing Kurt Angle lookalikes. Oh, absolutely! It's it's wild. It really. They're is. like an Irish family. They all have the same big Angle head on them. Oh man, like it, you can tell that they're related. Yeah, but you know when you're out, in Ireland and you see someone, you know you're like, oh my god, that's a murta. I can see the murta head on him from here. So, so I have a friend, uh, and him and his four brothers look, ex- five, uh, three brothers look exactly alike to the point we were at his wedding, and literally the the officiant went up to his brother, who wasn't getting married, and said, "Your kids are are beautiful." And he's like, "Thank you." But they're his kids, the guy you just married. <laughs> and it was fucked up. Oh, we can curse. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I was just like, you guys all do look exactly alike. It's and sound uh, exactly alike. So, I mean, but that was awkward. She had just married him to his wife. It was hilarious. So, there you go. So, yeah, I, I do know exactly what you're talking about. Because, yeah. yeah, I really do. But these guys, yeah, they, they do. The family resemblance is scary. It really is like they're all angles, but you know I think this works quite well. Uh, having the um, Edge and Christian just there, just being like the ultimate goofball heels, and then Kurt Angle like walking that line between pure comedy and just being a d bag. Um, it's it's very very funny, but this obviously sets up um, the face showing up, and who is it? Chris Three Jer- to one G. So it's Chris Jericho. He comes out, he's like, I love Chris Jericho's music. Uh, I mean, wow. Judas is awesome, but it's not this. This is classic Y2J. He comes out, does the would you please shut the hell up thing. It's phenomenal. Uh, the crowd is super into it. And obviously he's just like, he just. So do you want to say the line or, or will he I? He absolutely lays into Stephanie. Oh, here. man. I, 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 forgot how mu- I forgot how much he did it, but he. He really goes for like he really really does. So he does a he does a rundown of the um, before he gets into it. He does a rundown of the twelve days of Christmas, and he talks about the angles being um, uh, instead of six geese a laying, six geese who never get laid. <laughs> uh, 
he refers to Edge and Christian by going two Valley Girls, which <laughs> one was a good line, but oh, well. two they have the exact same hairstyle and facial hair as you. So that's true. That's true. But <laughs> well, he's not wearing sunglasses. But yeah, so that's that. That's the distinguishing mark. Uh, and then he ends it all with a partridge in a pear tree. And a trash bag hoe in a, <laughs> no, in a, a pear tree. A filthy trash bag hoe. A filthy trash bag hoe <laughs> in, a pear, in a pear tree. And it's good that you said filthy because you have to get every word correct. Because you the do, next I, time he refers to Stephanie, whom he calls the girl who's had everyone. <laughs> he goes, he's, he's, I don't know what you get for Christmas. What do you get the girl who's had everyone? Oh, uh, the face on her. The face on her when, like, I have to say, she sells her and Jericho. I think that's Jericho's biggest rival is Stephanie McMahon. Oh, yeah. Of he, all time. He made his Dirt. entire career calling Stephanie McMahon a slut. <laughs> literally, literally. Every week he would just come out with a different way of calling her a slut. But she just sells it so well that I'm like, when Jericho gets inducted to Hall of Fame, Stephanie has to do the induction. Oh, brilliant. Because, I mean, like, she, like, she gets over it. She, she plays her character incredibly well. She's incredibly annoying on the mic, right? But her reaction to him just running her down is so on point. And, I mean, it would also, like, the feud with Rhino was because of Stephanie. Most of the feud with Triple H was because of Stephanie. Like, Jericho's, a lot of the things that he did in WWE in his early run was purely because he just could not stop calling Stephanie a slut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he, he, all the time. He lays into her here, that, and I'm annoyed that I didn't write it down word for word, because after all that, he then goes into this diatribe as she's a low-down, bottom-feeding, dirt <laughs> bat. He has about <laughs> 12 thing. adjectives before he gets to slut at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so... It is 15 it, minutes. It's another reason why, uh, like you keep saying, if Twitter ever discovers <laughs> the Attitude Era. Oh, man, done. Over. That's it. it. It is finished. It's finished. Shut her down. And the thing about it is, it's so comprehensively finished because I'm like, in the first 15 minutes, Jericho's cancelled like by oh, modern yeah. standards, which is why, folks, when we cover these shows, we don't sugarcoat it. We just present it. As it was, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, oh. Jer- you know, they don't edit it anymore, which is great. It is what it is. And what it is, it's fucking fantastic. Look, I'm not going to lie. The, 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 the way this builds where you have Stephanie really setting the table by being incredibly annoying. And then you have Edge and Christian and Corlango coming out and then it builds and then Jericho just pulls them all down. It's incredibly satisfying. Sets the tone for the night. Gets the crowd super hot. Because the crowd is like fiery hot from this point on. From start to finish, yeah. The, the whole way through. On. And it, it really gives that it gives that vibe where you're like, right, we're actually going to watch a show. And from there we go into like fire segment after fire segment. The next segment um, is, is kind of like a lead on from this. K-Quick for some reason, who we may know as. Our truth, the most As decorated, <laughs> the most decorated wrestler in WWF history. Exactly, still on Raw, <laughs> still still twenty-three going, years later, still going strong. Still going uh, strong. I I loved this segment. It was only it's only a couple of seconds. A couple of seconds. Ang- that's all. It is, Angle yeah. and his family bump into K Quick, and 
angle goes there. Oh yeah, yeah, guys, you gotta meet this guy. He's a uh, K uh K uh quick. He's a he's a rap singer. And the way <laughs> the way he says rap singer is just the nerdiest shit. But oh, it reminded me of there's this great show called Shorzy. Have you ever seen Shorzy? No. It's uh it's brilliant, it's a Canadian comedy. But um there's a girl in it who's uh, like she's not, uh, she's not plugged into like modern uh, music or entertainment or anything at all, and uh, she meets this guy who's a, a rapper, but she doesn't even know how to refer to a rapper, so she keeps calling him a rap singer, and he's like, "I'm not a rap singer," and she goes, well, "What is it? Are you a rapist?" <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just love that. Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. I'm, I'm going to steal that one. That, that's yeah. that, that's sure. my new, that's my new sure. way. Shorzy, look it up. It's brilliant. Oh, brilliant. So that leads into the next segment where um, it's the WWF light heavyweight champion D Malenko and Chris Benoit. Now on the graphic, right? Chris Benoit is actually the Intercontinental Champion, but for some reason they made and I, I made a point to note this down. For some reason, the graphic lads were like, "Light heavyweight championship." That's that's the seller here, guys. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. That's not, the one we're going with. Because it's like the company's don't... second title. No, they're like, yeah, that that, that belt that Diamalinko's carrying around as, as an absolute prop that he rarely defends. That's the one. That's the money one, guys. Don't, don't care about that that icy belt. Who gives a who gives a shit? Uh, it's too funny. So yeah, yeah they're walking out. I was very confused with that one myself. It made no sense. It made no sense. There's a okay. So there's a little bit of back story to this match. Um, so Benoit has been abusing women in this uh, feud. What? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he beats up the the Hardy Boys um, and Lita at this point. So the the Hardy Boys are like, no, no, Lita, don't go out there. You know, the radicals are going to batter you again. And she's like, no, I'm tough. I'm going to go and do this anyway. So. That's the background, and the Hardys are like, no, 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 don't, don't, but come on out anyway. So they come out, and it, it, it's, a, it, it's a big pop, and the match is actually not too bad. But basically, Lita has been courted as well by Dean Malenko. And Matt Hardy had a match with Dean Malenko on Heat, and uh, the match broke down. Lita got a couple of slaps from the Radicals, and uh, that's kind of the way it, it's, uh, it's going. So look... This is an uncomfortable segment to watch. Uh, Chris Benoit's segment is kind of like that anyway. But this is actually very uncomfortable. Uh, because it does involve a lot of lead again. Yeah, I'll tell you what. So, setting aside the, the real life yeah. tragedy around yeah. Benoit's. Because, I don't know, I, I get a lot of shit for this. But I, I think what wrestling and art and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, art, art of the artist, obviously. Yeah, yeah you yeah. kind of have to separate. Because, like, one of the uh, wrestling DVDs I still have, one of my favourite ones, is Hard Knocks, the yeah, Chris Benoit. Yeah, it is. Like, I, ju- I just don't think you can cut him out of wrestling. He's too involved in some of the, like, greatest matches ever. You can't, but what I'm saying about this specifically is Lita really does take a beating in this. Oh, yeah. It's like there's a similar one that actually lost WWE some sponsorships when Austin randomly beat up the Hardys again. He also beat the hell out of Lita with a chair. 
Oh, around and this the is, time. And I've well. made a couple of notes here. This was before the the no headshots mandate. Oh man, there's so <laughs> many chair shots in this on this show. Are, and they are laying them in. Like yeah. they are. But um I'll tell you what I got. So this was, like you say, a pretty good match. Uh, it was a good match. Very good match. The Hardys win. Lita does a bit of interfering and, and Matt Hardy gets a roll up for the win. But this was a kind of perfect example of one team gets over, one team goes over. So yes. the Hardys won. But then Milenko and Benoit come back in the ring, beat the hell out of the Hardys, beat the hell out of Lita, follow them backstage and beat the hell out of them again. And they look like absolute monsters like they but, look but, like but, no, but, incredible heels no, just one thing they don't follow them back and beat them up they're like did you learn your lesson oh, then beat them up yeah. and it's just like and that little <laughs> bit where he's like look you gotta stop letting her interfere and then they beat each other up again and you're like okay like <laughs> that's right they go backstage and Lita's getting medical treatment <laughs> yeah, and you, the next yeah. thing the camera pans over and Benoit is just stood there smiling uh, do you know what's great about this is the simplicity because if you did this angle nowadays, WWE would have a team of writers like write some really quippy or write some real clever line or whatever. But that doesn't suit Benoit's character. He yeah. just looks at her and smiles. He just says, "How's your arm?" Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you prick! Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, I, no, I think, this was, I think, this was I, think Dean, I think Dean does says does say you got to learn to control your woman. Yeah, something, but it's you know, it's it, it all fits in with their Good. characters. It, you know? Yeah, it's it's like, it's very subtle, but adds so much. Exactly. This is, oh man, this is one of the huge differences between WWE now, which I can't stand, and WWE in this era, which is just phenomenal. Like, yeah, this sh- whole show's fantastic, and part of the reason is because. They trust the wrestlers to know their own characters and know what they would say. Yeah, no, and the thing about it is, it's like from from this is the opening match and it's stars, like legit stars, really oh. getting that red hot crowd to stick with them, even yeah. when even when you know Lita's getting battered. And to be fair, a lot of people who are there are there to watch the Hardys. So when the Hardys are taking the beating, the yeah. crowd are invested in it. But uh, the Hardys fans don't go home disappointed either because no, Jeff pulls off a couple of huge spots. He does, um, at the very start of the match, uh, the clothesline, Malenko and Benoit out of the ring. And then Matt Hardy gets down on all fours and Jeff uh, runs across the ring, jumps on his back and leaps over the top rope to right. outside the ring. But I mean, he gets some air. He yeah, clears because, the top rope by about eight feet. Like, yeah, because he's only had one la- he's only on pay per view, he's only had two of those, three of those insane matches. Yeah. So now, his body isn't step into the ring. Yeah, his body isn't broken down. Um but yeah, so the Hardys do win, but Dean Malenko uh puts Matt Hardy in the um Texas Cloverleaf. Texas Clover. And then God, Benoit God, has God. the crossface on Lita for an exorbitant amount of time. And not not doing a John Cena SDF. No, no, actually locks it in. Yeah. Laying it in. Yeah. Um, do you know, I hate saying this as a, as a diehard Bret Hart fan, but Texas Cloverleaf is just a more efficient sharpshooter. I agree. 
I do like the Texas Cloverleaf a lot. You know, because you, you don't you don't have to do the leg cross, and so you can just bend bend them with your arms and step into it. It's much. It's kind of like a up. it's kind of like a surfboard, in a way. Can, but yeah, the, but the other way around. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So then it leads into two segments. One is with the Rock just walks past Michael Cole again. The Rock just abusing Michael what Cole. What a pop! Oh, for, for him just walking down the stairs. Yeah, that's all it was. It's then like, we. Ha- See it later in the night. Austin is still mad over. Like he's Austin, he's always going to be over. But man, I think the rock's bigger at this stage. Well, no, we get to that because I do have notes on it. Right. The next segment is uh, Deborah actually having <laughs> trying to act. Yeah, like Deborah's <laughs> not good. She never was. <laughs> this was never her strong suit. Her strong suit were her uh, physical <laughs> ac- uh, assets. This uh, is amazing. This is like her her pitch. For like a like a sag card, <laughs> but the thing about no, the thing about it is at this point she was the authority figure. Yeah, she's the what is it called or the uh, general general manager or something. It was something like that. Yeah, but it was there was a, a prefix to it that meant it was kind of temporary. Yeah, so what's it? Uh, acting, acting general something manager, like that, something yeah, like that. Yeah. So basically, she just makes a match later on, uh, and I think it's the hardcore match she makes. Uh, then we go to Stephanie, which is probably one of my favorite moments of the night where God, yeah. Stephanie's just hanging out backstage because she's not with Triple H. And um, basically, there's this whole thing where Triple H is injured at this point because he blew out his quads. So he's he's not there. Um, and it, it had just happened. So Jerry's like, oh, you know, uh, she she's here by herself and she's, she's left her husband's bedside and all that kind of stuff. And it's just hilarious. But she's having the call with, with Vince. This like, oh, is, and I want to hate Vince McMahon so much. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor with this because I think you'll describe it better than me. Go on. See when you go back and watch these shows, he's in this period. He's so damn good, like yeah. he's unbelievable. So he's ringing Stephanie's calling him, and he's saying, "Hey, Dad, you're not at the show tonight. What's going on?" And you go, "Well, it's, it's Christmas. You know, I like to give back. So I'm at a I'm at a soup kitchen here. I'm a and uh, giving out soup to the homeless. And Stephanie's like, oh my God, Dad, that's so good. And the next thing you hear, Trish Stratus' voice going, <laughs> come on, Vince. And Stephanie's going, what, what, who was that? And he goes, oh, that it's, woman. <laughs> it's just one of the homeless people here. She's getting she's getting a bit uh, giddy. This is Too much happens. soup. This is what happens to homeless. They get giddy on soup. They're not used to soup. And then when they get all this soup at Christmas, they get giddy. <laughs> oh my God. Stop being so good. I want to hate you. It's you so are un- a real life scumbag. You have it's, no right to be this good. It's so unhinged. As well. <laughs> <laughs> they get so giddy on soup, giving them too much soup. And their their cars are parked everywhere. <laughs> what the homeless people have cars? Yeah, they're blocking off traffic. <laughs> oh man, like it or not, he's one of the best of all time. Oh. And it's yeah. so hard to, to walk and away from it. I know how much I hate him. And later he, on, I think he genuinely did destroy wrestling for a period of 20 years. But my God, in this era, he might literally be the best thing on the show. Yeah, he's not even there. He's not even there. He's doing a, probably a pre-recorded phone call. He's not even there, which is the best part. It's so funny. And again, Stephanie reacts to it so well. Like She doesn't break character at all, which I mean... Credit to her. She is like 
the stuff she was been asked to do, even in these like two or three years where she's been an on camera character or such, credit. What? Like how how is she not breaking character? Yeah, like, like can you imagine? It's so trying ridiculous. Try to film this, like the soup thing. It'd be like trying to film like. Do you ever see the outtakes from like the office or anything? And yeah, it takes like, them twenty goes to get something right because they keep it's laughing. It's just so funny. <laughs> like so you give it too much soup. That would that would have got me completely because I was I was Giddy. watching this I was watching this on the bus and I just start laughing at that point. Because it's just hilarious. So then we have we have another segment with Austin again. I forget how young Austin was here. And it's just like, wow, he was very young, you know? Um, but he's he's wearing his hat, which would be his staple around this time. Wearing that hat, really, really like that hat for some reason. That's the hat he wore when he got run over. And he'd be gone then in a couple of months, wouldn't he? Be, well, no, no, because this we're going into he wins the rumble now in two thousand one. Oh, so it's when did he walk out? Oh, two thousand two. Oh, okay. So, oh, so it's net, right. I'm a year. I'm a year. You're a year ahead. You're a year ahead. So we have my favorite match coming up next. Which is hard, like, look, I, I know, I, I love these hardcore matches, I really do. So, we have Hardcore Holly, Raven, and Steve Blackman. Now, what here's a lineup! Oh, man, this is like, you know, top tier, hardcore, garbage matches. Isn't it mad when you get older, how it changes who you pop for? Like, it's, you're watching the wrestling show, it's good, oh, God, the wrestling was so good back then. Oh, there's Austin class. Oh, Kid and Undertaker, brilliant. Oh, The Rock, yeah. Steve Blackman! Steve Blackman! Steve Blackman. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Huge fucking pop! <laughs> and, oh, man, like, I mean, I, I'm like that with Raven. Yeah. Raven. And I'm like, Raven, yes, go on, go on, the best of all time. And it's like with Austin, you're like, yeah, yeah, awesome. You know? But yeah, you just lose your mind for these <laughs> random people. Yeah, Steve Blackman! Do you know what I actually had down in my... It's mad that you mentioned that. I have down in my notes here that Raven found his spot in WWF. So he got into this kind of lower mid-card hardcore division, made it his own. And look, you can't blame a guy. Like you, One of the big things is to get your spot and, and keep it. So he found a spot. But man, I think he deserved better. I think... Oh, he did. No, he really, absolutely did. It, it, it's, it's kind of criminal that... Uh, a really cool Raven's flock... Could have been like a world title contender. No, but don't like no again, man. I mean, I think it is just the case that, like, okay, the hardcore title is probably it's a poison. No, it is a poison chalice. It allowed so much creativity, but yeah. then was undermined by it as well. And, and you were I mean, definitely over, but there was a ceiling to it. Yeah, I mean, like Raven fits here he had one of my favorite matches is from this time period raven and rhino in a backlash i think it's 2001 they have the greatest hardcore match of all time right or at least my favorite one they'd replicate it in tna a couple of years later it's still brilliant um but neither one of those guys were ever going to be world champion in wwe as a result of being yeah. in the hardcore like for example undertaker would would wrestle raven uh in a hardcore title match and it's legendary and he like got killed by the Undertaker. The Undertaker's the only one, and RVD to an extent, was the only two that, and even RVD took a long time for him to win the world title. Um, but the Undertaker specifically was the only guy <laughs> who won. I think I caught smoking a joint. 
Well, no. Well, no. The Undertaker was the only one to ever win the hardcore belt and be completely unaffected by it. But everyone else who won it were devalued almost immediately by winning it. And I don't yeah. understand why. I don't get it. It's it's a very strange title because it guarantees you a spot in the show. It guarantees you a pop. Like the crowd love it. Love it. Like yeah. they say, it has a very limited ceiling. It's almost kind of like uh, someone saying, you can take this job, which is steady for the rest of your life. You'll have a steady income and you'll be safe. Or you can take this job and you got a 50% shot at greatness, but a 50% shot at complete and utter irrelevance. But here's the thing. The sad part about it is these matches are always like the best thing on the show or it, up there. It's so creative. This also, is can, can I do miles ahead of what WCW is doing in the hardcore division. Oh, particularly at this time, which is atrocious. Can I just say I popped for Raven's t-shirt, which is a dark victory shirt. Which is the sequel to Long Halloween, one of the best Batman comics. So, oh. uh, yeah, it's rare you hear anybody talk about Dark Victory, let alone there be a t shirt about it, let alone it be on a wrestling show. But Raven, one of the best of all time. Man, if Raven came along uh, in the current generation, I think he'd be. Massive. Oh, he'd be huge. He'd be AW champion. Like, yeah, oh, 100%, 100%. No, like legitimately, yeah. he absolutely would. Because Gen- he, he had. Like, AEW has 100 five-star wrestlers. He had the character stuff down to a T. Like, he was believable. He was... Well, his character here in WWE was so different to what he would do in... Or what he had done in ECW, what he had done in WCW, what he would do in TNA, what he'd do in Ring of Honor. It it was so different. I mean, this... Like, I even though I like Raven in... Like, throughout his career, his WWE run is so weirdly bizarre but so works so well that i'm also like oh it's it's it's, brilliant. Bit, it's bittersweet it's it's, it's you know really what isn't bitter. you know what isn't sweet though or kind of is i suppose uh depending watching rather than having it done to you those fucking lid shots oh that sound like bin, bin oh it sounds like he's killing people Parker holly just wellying people with them it's like when uh penta gets everyone to be quiet and then he whips out a chop that sounds like it's going to burst your eardrums but whatever way they just echo around the arena yeah but i've never heard these lids been used that way like when raven like there's an exchange where harker holly's just leveling two of them and then raven picks it up and starts leveling harker holly with them it's just like well how are they getting that noise from from that that's like because they're not like super hard they're probably one of the easiest things to be hit with, but is it just that's how hard they're hitting them, or or what? I, I, whatever what it is, no, because I was actually looking at them because I was thinking, yeah, maybe they're made of like real flimsy crap. Uh, I don't think then, so. No, because then I was looking at them after they were hitting them, and they're not like indented. If they were made of nothing. They'd be yeah, they'd be bent out of shape, and but they're not like there's obviously some substance to them. Maybe it's just that actually, concave shape allows actually, for. You know what, right? So I'm rewatching this here, and you're right. They don't really damage. The only thing that damages them is when Blackman legitimately does a side piercing kick into it, dints it, and then hurts his leg. So you might they might have actually just went for harder ones. Um, that would that would track. That would make sense. These three oh, people are crazy bastards. So they probably were like, no, we're just going to use the real ones. And three stiff guys. Oh not, yeah, 
not snug, stiff. These guys stiff as fuck. <laughs> laid it in. <laughs> um, in fact, Hardcore Holly takes a really nasty bump at the start. I think it was. I think it's a, a mistake. I don't think they intended to do it. But Steve Blackman goes to throw him out of the ring. But he, he throws him out at the exact spot where Raven has left his trolley. Do you know the trolley he brings yes. into the ring? Yeah, and he just and goes into it. He yeah. just the most awkward landing. It looks so painful. And it looks like he was really unprepared for it. I really like uh, near like near the end, middle to the end of the match, Steve Blackman, when they're backstage, he's doing like he's doing worked kicks. But his kicks are really, really like the form of them is phenomenal. Like he's pulling the kicks, obviously, but it's really nice. I'm like, damn, that's really oh, interesting. Really, like, like, those kicks are phenomenal. They're not like, like they're not Bob Holly kicks where he's just hoofing you. They're like proper nice form kicks. I'm like, man, he should have been a lot bigger than he was. Really should have been. Uh, another guy who that lethal weapon gimmick should have taken him for. Do you know what it was? It's not even their fault. It's just. They came along in an era with Austin and Mankind, with Austin and Undertaker. Yeah, they came along. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same. We could probably point to a hundred mid-card guys who would have been massive had they not come along during the Hulkamania era. But the thing about it is, because this show has such talent from top to bottom, it's it's incredibly entertaining. Like at oh. no point again that bus journey flew by because I was watching this going, man. I can't believe this is two hours. And, and another thing, I'm actually glad you bring that up. The two hours. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. It the is. third hour killed Raw. I agree. It's, I know they only went to it because WCW went to it and, you know, it's another hour of advertising. Blah, blah, blah. I get all the business reasons, but it, it made Raw a real slug, whereas this is just, this reads like a thrill ride. Whenever this so is over, fair. you're like, oh my God, that was fantastic so um, this steve match in particular though oh sorry go on ahead i was gonna steve steve blackman does win he wins with like a uh northern light suplex oh, onto, onto a boot a which is pretty cool <laughs> now uh jerry's like i've never seen that before which is a lie because he hundred percent has um not the northern lights but he has seen people being pinned on a car that's happened probably twice if not three times on wwe television at this point but we let it go it was still really cool it was really cool. Like I, the Northern Lights onto it was was awesome. It was kind of like a bit of a like quick finish, but it gets made up for it because as he's as Blackman is leaving with the belt, Raven wellies him with a two by four with a different ref and wins anyway. So this is the <laughs> this is the problem of the twenty four seven rule the hardcore title. Why bother having matches at all? Well, he didn't. But the, the the gimmick was that Steve Blackman is such a tough guy; nobody wants to mess with him. So it's like, I mean, that's fair. Um, I tell you what. See this whole match. I'll not go through every bit, but there was an incredible amount of, like you were saying, creativity. They weren't just wellying each other with stuff and walking around, hit thing with gay, walk to next thing, hit thing with gay for fifteen minutes that WCW was doing. Oh um, man. Oh, there was what the Norman Smiley, the Norman oh, Smiley special. My God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strolling around the backstage for twelve minutes, getting gingerly, gently laid on top of some pipes that happened to be there. And uh no, this is fantastic, but there's so much creativity in it. And there's a brilliant spot where uh Steve Blackman uh, Bob Holly knocks down Steve Blackman 
and then Raven knocks Bob Holly out of the ring. But Bob Holly from outside the ring whips the legs out of Raven. And Raven does that thing where he falls forward into Steve Blackman, like head first into his balls. So it's yeah. like, you know, you, you've seen it in wrestling a hundred times, the, the accidental falling forward into the balls thing. But what's extra good about this one is that he lands in your man's balls head, head first and the two of them don't move. So the ref goes, at least... He's technically on top of this is a pinfall. So yeah. he starts counting a pinfall. Oh, brilliant! It's Just brilliant. brilliant stuff. So we have a we have another segment now with William Regal coming out to berate the crowd to have to celebrate Christmas correctly, which is a, a weird segment. But it's broken and, up by Kane, another guy who absolutely knew his gimmick inside and out. He did. Like he did. this is like you say, it's very. Uh, basic material he comes out doing the snotty englishman talking about americans belching and farting <laughs> but because he's so good at it he has that really expressive face i really enjoyed this so kane scares the hell out of him and it sets up uh the next match which is austin and kane which listen guys this isn't even the main event this is halfway through the show and you have austin coming out to a monster pop yeah like and the crowd is instantly back into it. Um, Regal then joins commentary for a little while, which is fair enough. And um, yeah, what did you get this match? Uh so this was almost like a mirror image of the main event in every way. Two huge stars, a great match that I actually wanted to see. Uh not like a technically brilliant match. No, but- it's a big horse match. But it's it's punchy kicky, but it's done so well with so much energy and the crowd is so into it um, that I got really into it. But then unfortunately, just like the main event, we get a dud uh, interference DQ finish, I just, which I was just, really annoyed by because can both can matches I, were there. Can I just say one thing, one thing. I, 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 just as the matches start, or about a couple of minutes into the match, this lad's running up the stairs. And it's the most awkward running up the stairs I've ever seen. And it's on the hard camera side. That's really oh, funny. In the crowd. Yeah, he's just like legging it up the stairs. And then he runs back down and legs it up again. And it's really funny. Sorry. It's actually this whole show. It's kind of entertaining just to watch the crowd. Because the crowd is bizarre. Are they're so, so bizarre. They're so into it. Yeah. They're shouting and screaming. Like when Regal's coming out and he's doing his like... Like, you wouldn't get offended by this. Oh, Americans belching and farting. Ha, 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 ha. You know, you're watching it. But see, when you actually watch behind Regal to the crowd, they are frothing at the mouth. <laughs> they're throwing up the middle finger. You can see, they go, fuck you, you fucking prick. <laughs> they really don't like it. <laughs> but here's the thing. The crowd are so, like, into it that they're so immediately, they're immediately into it. It's all real for them, which is, you know... I think it, I kind of miss it. I I, I would love to show. be in a crowd like that. It's so disheartening nowadays when you're watching a genuinely brilliant show, like a really good uh, dynamite or a really good pay per view or something, and the crowd is just dead. And you're like, what is wrong with you people? Like you're you're killing it because the crowd is half the the battle. Like like you say, a punchy kicky match with a hot crowd. It comes across better on TV than a technically brilliant match, you know, with yeah, 10,000 people sitting no, on their hands. I, I mean, yeah, like, 
the obvious thing is nobody has a phone at this point, so they're not on Twitter. But they're also not sitting on their hands because they genuinely want they love Austin and hate William Regal. And the thing is, yeah. Kane they're indifferent to Kane because it's like they like Kane, but they hate Regal. And I think that's why they sent Regal out to do a bit of a a bit of a promo beforehand to get them so riled up so that they could yeah. like vent through Austin. So I mean it has all the all the ingredients you want. God, the 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 mobile phone really did hurt wrestling fans. Oh, like yeah. you say, when you watch crowds now, like people aren't even watching it. They're sitting, like recording the match they're watching, and I'm like, no, no, no. To be fair, why? There's a lot of people taking pictures at this point. There are a oh, lot no, of a lot but of. Here's, but here's the difference here. Uh, whenever the Rock comes out and he climbs up on the on the ring post. And you're right, everybody's taking pictures, but they actually add to the yeah, show. Yeah, it does. Because it's the same when Austin does the stunner. Yeah, they're taking yeah. pictures on old flash cameras. Yeah. So, like, you get this amazing sort of sparkle of flashes through the audience, and it adds to the whole atmosphere. It's brilliant. That's and true. And it, it adds to it in a way that standing there, watching the thing live through your phone, doesn't. And who is that recording for? Like, if I want to watch the match, I can watch the professionally produced version of it on telly. I don't want to watch your, you know, awkwardly bloody portrait version mobile phone recording. No, that's fair. No, that's fair. I mean, look, I think it's got to do with social media anyway, and that's probably what it is. They're like, oh, I was here. You're like, all right, cool. And look, I'm not going to say I don't do that because I do. But at the same time, you're not wrong. I mean, from a production standpoint, it looks... A lot better one way than it does the other. But this match, unfortunately, ends by DQ. However, Austin wellies the two of them with chair shots. Uh, wellies. Do you like, think Kane, maybe, back then, was he putting like maybe a strip of rubber inside the mask or something? Because I think so, yeah. I Austin, so. I mean, goes through him with the chair. Like, the one with William Regal, it didn't look fun, but was on his back. Uh, Kane's one, he tries to decapitate him <laughs> with the chair and uh yeah, if you did that just walking down the street you'd kill someone it was but you know what you know what's class though austin's music is the is the awesome disturbed one which is oh yeah like when austin was even more aggressive than he was normally and uh yeah i mean i feel bad for kane which is a weird thing to say usually because you know kane's booked as a monster but he's yeah it looked he like he took that to real life asshole so <laughs> I'd swing a chair at him. <laughs> well, Austin did it for you. Good man, Austin. <laughs> and then he drinks some beer and that's it. Uh, yeah, so fun match. Uh, weird ending. But, we, we, you know, the crowd does go home happy because you get Austin doing the whole beer thing, doing the stunner thing, and then being like, yeah, look, I'm awesome. Uh, we have a, a segment backstage, which we kind of touched on earlier on, where uh, Undertaker is like, I don't need beef. Uh, so I don't need a reason to beef with The Rock. And I, we have. I'll tell you have, what I got from just before we go on to the next one, because the next one's good. Oh, the next one's good. <laughs> the next um, one's really good for, for, for reasons which I don't know if you're aware of them or not, but we will get into it. Um, so when people think back to the legacy of The Undertaker and his career and all that, the kind of biker taker thing is kind of just glossed over. People don't really like it. But it's, Except for him. He loves it. He, he loves it, yeah. But that's people acting in retrospect. Yeah. Because this crowd is fucking hot for Biker yes. Taker. Yes. Like, he 
So this is the first time you see him on the show. He's walking down these like steps in this like uh, back part of the building, and the roar from the crowd like we remember it differently. Like Biker Taker was over, over. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. But um, yeah, so he he does his bit. I don't need a reason, and then. Then the cat walks out, and she's wearing a a, a bathrobe. Yes. Uh, so you can probably guess what happens next. She walks down to uh, Jr. She has a present for Jr. Yeah. Um, it's a a diva's uh, VHS. Uh, it's a diva's VHS, and Ro- Jim Ross. Oh man, I love him, but sometimes, sometimes he just sounds. So creepy. So she gives him, she gives him this VHS, and he goes, "Oh yeah, Daddy likes videotapes." Uh, 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 Jr. Uh, come on, Slabberknocker. God is my witness. He's been broken in half. Stop the damn match. Don't say Daddy likes videotapes. <laughs> okay, here's the question. Here's the question. Which is worse, that? Or the character Mark Madden in this situation? Uh, I love the way you have to add the character when talking <laughs> about Mark Madden. Like you have to add allegedly <laughs> Vince. This is the lower end okay. of the Madden scale. It, okay. It's not quite. <laughs> it's not quite. It's it's the lower end of the scale. It's a. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just tipping over from. Cheeky into slightly touchy feely uncle. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, just, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's kind that, of where I'm placing too. Yeah, that hug with your teenage <laughs> niece is lingering just a little too long. <laughs> so okay, so she doesn't only have a present for Jr. Oh no, she has a present for the king. <laughs> So she, uh, like, you can imagine how excited the king is. We can't see it, but I can only assume he is fully erect at this stage. Oh, he absolutely has <laughs> to be. fully he's, erect. He's losing his mind completely <laughs> at this point. So she uh, she gets the king to, to step back from his chair. She gets up on the announcer's table. She opens her robe. <laughs> and when I say I grew up during the Attitude Era, I'm as jaded a man as it's possible to be. When I saw what she was wearing, my jaw hit the floor. Now, as a 37-year-old in 2023, my jaw hit the floor when I saw the... Like, what she's wearing is 90% imagination. Well, see, here's the thing, right? That's why she's wearing the bathrobe, because I think they're like, right, this is pushing it. We can get away with about three seconds of it. Three seconds of it. it. Yeah, genuinely, I think that's that's the thinking behind it. They're like, we can do this. When I For think three seconds <laughs> around the world of all the pause buttons that got worn out on, <laughs> on Christmas Day, two thousand, if four like thirty-seven-year-old me saw that and I was like, Jesus, is the heating on? <laughs> if fourteen-year-old me had seen that, my fucking head would have exploded. Like, I would have humped the wall. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jerry's face just sums it all up, I think. It's just, I, like, I can't describe, like, you think lingerie, all lingerie is lingerie. No, there's something about this. It's made of, like, 10% material and then, like, 90% just, like, 
a rumour of a <laughs> material. No, do you ever see like a really old fella who has white hair, but it's so wispy, it's almost translucent. Yes. I think that's what it's made of. It's just, <laughs> it's fucking jaw dropping. Like, it's fair. Was he uh, married to her at this stage? So, yeah. So, this is what I was going to say. The cat's his wife. Holy hell. At this point. And here's the thing, right? He would leave the company uh, two months later because of the cat. And if, I think we if all. She was wearing that. I think I, we all understand yeah, why. I would leave the I would leave the country. I would, if she rocked up to me wearing that and said, "I need you to leave your family." Great. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it makes sense. Nobody like we were wondering, oh, why did he leave? You know, this makes an awful lot of sense. You're like, oh, we we get it, Jerry. We get and it. I, I think you're a hundred percent right. I think this came down to probably a negotiation. With the uh, with the TV company going, look, we won't put your rating up, but you get three seconds of this on air, <laughs> max. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Now it's now here's the thing. It's like, and obviously, like she kisses him and you know stuff like that. So there's a lot more to this. Like this segment is a weird segment, but it makes a lot of sense in context. Where you're like, oh, she's his wife. Oh, it's but very why, attitude era. It's but why would she do this for the sake of puppies? Yeah, but why would she do this on national television? I don't do you know. know what? If if I had a body like that and an outfit like that, I'd probably want to show it off as well. No, but like, oh, well, I mean, I suppose it gets them both over. It gets Jerry over as like, you know, Jerry yeah. King Lawler, and then it gets the cat over as holy hell. That's that's definitely something else, right? You know, I mean. Yeah. I think that's the most extreme segment like this that we've seen. Yeah, but whatever it is about this outfit, I can't pinpoint what it is. I think it's maybe just you know the way sexiness. They say sexiness is all about conceal and reveal. It's almost more about what you don't show than what you do show. There's yes. something about this that, for whatever reason, she seems even more naked than when. Sable had the. Do you remember the hand? The handprints. Print? That's true. Yeah, this yeah, 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 even, yeah. This seems even more naked than the handprints. That's a good point. That's a very. I, th- I actually it, thought the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. like it's like. Uh, do you know what OSW talk about when wrestlers don't wear knee pads? They yes. look more naked than actual naked people. <laughs> I think this outfit is is having the same kind of optical illusion. Whatever it is, oh, you know, everybody was enjoying that segment, particularly oh, Jared King Lawler. 10-10. <laughs> Absolute amazing show. So we go from uh, Jared King Lawler's real-life wife to Jared King Lawler's real-life son. Grandmaster Sexy. Grandmaster Sexy and Scotty Too Hottie. Too cool in a tag match with Big Albert and Andrew the Punisher Martin. DNA! 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 (laughs) In his formerly known gimmick, Test, wearing the gear he would wear in TNA. Because, you know, new gear is expensive. Is he uh, real-life banging Stephanie at this stage? No, no, no. uh, Triple H and Stephanie were dating. Oh, okay, okay. So that was... Yeah, yeah. No, well, no, 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 but based on Stephanie based, McMahon and Stacey Keebler in his hit list, that's 
Yeah, a, no, I, apparently, apparently, <laughs> apparently, what happened though was once Triple H and Stephanie started working together, Test got blown out like legitimately. So, you know, he did get he did get Stacy and Albert, you know, but <laughs> Albert, <laughs> <yeah>. the thruple <laughs> of the year. That's it. Oh, uh, Tristratus, sorry, it's Tristratus, Albert Tristratus, then. Um, then stays keeper. God, yeah. if you if you lined them up and you say test, we're really sorry, budget cuts. But um, uh, Trish Stratus, Stacy Keeper, Albert, one of them's going to have to go. I know it's an impossible choice. Like <laughs> Sophie's who, choice. Who who are you going <laughs> to? Sophie's. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make me choose. <laughs> who are you going to give the axe to? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Albert, you and your you and your weird ball piercing get out of there. <laughs> but we were bros. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we're past tense. Bye bye. <laughs> so uh this match was not good. Like genuinely genuinely probably the, the worst match of the night. It it wasn't good, but you know what? This is what Raw had going for it. It did. Everybody the crowd still loved over. it, even though the match was fucking the terrible. Cr- the crowd loves it. Like it doesn't matter if the match was terrible, because the minute your man does the worm, everybody's popping for the worm. And oh, so over. Like so every over. other like every other match on this thing, it was so short. It didn't yes. even have time to be bad anyway. Like a like a a bad ten minute match is something to endure. A bad four minute match is So here's the thing, right? When when he hits the worm, the flashes go off like the rock is hitting people together. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. And the thing is, this isn't even them at their peak. Whenever no. they would bring Rikishi in, then they just went haywire. Well, here's the thing, right? So we haven't watched we haven't watched uh, Armageddon 1999, and they come out as too much. Oh, sorry, no, Armageddon 1999 is when they actually show up as too cool. Survivor yeah. Series 1999 is when they're too much, too much. and everyone hates them. So they're a year, they're a year into this gimmick, and it's just it's just money. It's, it's just mad money. what what works, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, but it, like, it just shows you though. I mean, Christopher they didn't give up. Is it Christopher Brian or Brian, Brian Christopher? Brian Christopher. Yeah. Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor were backstage going, "Geez, man, our our careers are in the doldrums. We're we need to pick something up here. We need to do something radical to really get us over this crowd, or we're gonna." you know, become irrelevancies that Scott Taylor says, have it. Have it. I'm going to hop around on one leg in a big circle. <laughs> and then I'm going to do you know that uh, breakdancing move, the worm? I'm going to do the worm. And then I'm going to drop the most ineffective chop you've ever seen in your life. And uh, Brian Christopher just went, you're a fucking genius. <laughs> and that's how that conversation went. But <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. But I mean, it's just, it's mad that in a year that it all just kind of clicked for them. And you're right, it hasn't even, uh, hasn't even peaked yet. So from there, we have another backstage segment with Stephanie and Albert. Again, obviously, uh, poor Albert, we know he wouldn't be picked. Or he would be picked in Sophie's Choice. Um <laughs> So, you know, this was the pathos. On to the train to Auschwitz. 
So we have a, a backstage shot of the Dudleys and Jericho, which is a weird tag team. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's very strange. It's very attitude errors. It is. It? I mean, it's like, yeah, I get that you all hate Edge and Christian and Kurt Angle, but they're not going to team and it might not be effective. Um, like, I, I, I didn't. Yeah, and it isn't. <laughs> it isn't effective because they lose. So I didn't get. So Jericho, this match gets set up because Jericho comes out wanting a world title shot. Yes. Kurt Angle says no. And then Stephanie says, I'll tell you what you can do instead is if you go get a tag team, you can have a, a six man match with them or a triple, whatever they call a six man match at the time. And Jericho agrees to it. But there's no like, if we win, I get a title shot. Like, there's no reason to it. He just. <clears throat> agrees to this match for, I don't know, <laughs> the love of the game. <laughs> and also, when Kurt Angle comes out, it's WWF champion Kurt Angle and Edge and Christian. Not tag team champions, Edge and Christian. But at <laughs> least, but at least they weren't like tag team champions, Edge and Christian and Kurt Angle. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's not I like think the former CCW champion, Christian. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the lads are in the front row, and you know, obviously, that's going to play into the match at some point. Jericho's having fun, giving them abuse. Uh, the crowd is uh, again red hot for this. They're they're you know, it, it this has a this has a main event feel to it, even though it really isn't. The match isn't super long. It's about what five minutes, maybe. Um, this and, would be a, a house show main event. Yeah, no, that's actually really good. This would be a house show main event. Yeah. And uh, would th- be like way, really over. Like people would love it. Yeah. And it, this is when you leave. So you beat the crowd. Pro tip. That's what you do. At the house um, shows. You, this, you leave. Uh, th- this match. Uh, oh, there's a couple of great spots. Like you say. The thing with the brothers. The Dudleys dragging one of the Angle brothers over the rail. And put them through a table. Great stuff. Um, like you say. It's only about five minutes. But they create a tremendous sense of uh, chaos in this match. Like, it's how it's shot. It's actually how it's oh, shot. It's, br- it's yeah. brilliantly. This is something, and again, I don't mean to keep ragging on the current product. It's just so hard not to, when you go back and you watch this stuff and it's so good, this is um, <clears throat> works because it is underproduced. Like, they would do this same match now, but it would be big, shiny, sparkly, 400 camera cuts. And it just, it wouldn't have the same gritty sense of just anarchy that this match has. No, there's a bit when Angle's walking out and he nearly trips over the broken table. And if that was today, the table would have moved out of the way. Oh, yeah. Bigger so we wouldn't have to fall over. You know, it's kind of like, again, like anything can happen in the WWF. Yeah, that's, it's all that's the whole feel of the show. Oh, it's wild. Yeah, like this this is the era when like I can see why people were tuning in every week because you legitimately had no idea what lunacy you were gonna see. Um and everything is so over. And I don't mean everyone, I mean everything. Because like we were talking earlier about how the worm gets like the Hulk Hogan camera flash effect. Yeah. But one of the biggest pops of the night is for Was Up. Oh, yeah. That was whenever, super over as well. Oh, yeah. my God. Whenever the Duddies do Was Up, 
it's deafening. Like the cr- like the roof's going to come off the place. And then when you try it in TNA, <laughs> it gets booed. Same old shit. Same <laughs> old shit. <laughs> Oh man! So we have we the right. Re- we really see with the internet and that we learned too much about wrestling. Yeah, we learned too much about it, and we all became smarks. And it, it makes it more difficult to just switch off and just enjoy it. You know, like you know we all actually, just but, but bought you know, into it. Yeah, but you know who really, really got this is the right to censor. Oh man, the heat—the heat. He, heat is just nuclear, nuclear heat. And they come out for a nothing match with the APA, which is actually really kind of sad because I mean, everyone who worked this match should have been and is capable of a much better match. But this was to just build on that heat because they had actually like crippled China at this point. Yeah, and they were like marketing on the fact that they had crippled China. Loving and it, was, Avery, man. Oh uh, man. Avery is so over as a heel. She was phenomenal in this. She was, yeah. But I mean, I think it's so, even though what you said is true, even today, I think a a group like this could get over. But they never do it because it is very, very, very uh, provocative. You know, it's... Yeah. I would say the right to censor is more provocative than something like uh, the Godfather or DX, and the reason why oh, is because yeah. they're just being so. If I don't if, know, it's it's like puritanical almost is the one you know. I think it's partly down to the fact that politically, I think the world, certainly the US, is much more polarized today. Yeah. Uh, than it was back then. So, like, let's say you had a group like the Right to Censor come out uh, today, I think that would instantly become. Like a left, right, woke, cancelled yeah, issue. Probably true. Yeah, and it would true. generate like genuine venom, and probably the reason why they don't. There is a, like, again, you couldn't do it just because you would generate actual, like, not wrestling fan backlash. You generate actual backlash. That's but true. That's kind of like the. What you it? generate business backlash, like with the uh, advertisers and stuff. Yeah, like when Zeb Coulter. The whole Zeb Coulter thing. Yeah, you're exactly. right. But That's my God, true. if you could get away with it, can you imagine the heat you could generate today if you had like a really woke heel? Yes. You know, like, yes. like kind of like a version of uh, just go further with the, the Brian Danielson thing. Do you remember when he was being a real Yeah, he was being the vegan champion. Vegan, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just a really woke, like, uh, oh man, the heat you get. But like you say, you couldn't do it because it would become... An thing. actual issue. An actual thing, yeah. No, you are right. Guys, the internet has ruined the world. <laughs> oh, it's so much. It's so much. I mean, when you think about it, that is a wrestling character right there. The, the problem with the internet you know? is it gave us everything we wanted, right? Yeah. We were fans of wrestling, so we wanted to know more about it. So the internet gave us all the information that we're not entitled to, you know. But we are, we are base creatures. We should not be given access to everything we want, you know? Like, I remember when I was young, pre-internet, you'd find, like, an old copy of The Sun. Like, you'd be out walking the back roads and someone would have hoofed a copy of The Sun out of their car and there'd be a copy of The Sun in the ditch, right? And you'd walk over and you'd open it and it'd be laying open at page three, 
and there you are out the back road to South Armagh with the biggest erection you've ever had in your life. Because this, because you never see this stuff. And now, now we can hardly get ourselves off with, you know, midget BDSM donkey porn because we've fucking seen everything. We're so, so jaded. But Jake the Snake um, does a, an interview with Joe Rogan where he's like, I just got to the stage where I was just doing weirder and weirder shit just because I had access to it. And like, I got to the stage where like ordinary sex did nothing for me. It had to be. 15 hookers, you know, in a mosque on fire, you know, surrounded by <laughs> ketamine. <laughs> Is that the only thing that would give me a tingle? It's become oh so God. desensitized. We, we do not need the internet. We do not need access to her basest desires. No, no. And I mean, what, what a lovely picture you painted there. So, so near Christmas. Um, <laughs> on the Christmas special. <laughs> But no, your your point is 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 correct. Uh, in, in there somewhere, Martin, where yes, the internet has ruined everything, and uh, not only wrestling, but like everything. Um, so yeah, how good um, right to censor word that that whole rant started with that. <laughs> so the right to censor did win, and they they showed that yeah, the right to censor uh, two weeks ago basically crippled China in a vicious. Vicious spike pile driver. Ivory obviously is like, yeah, I'm the champ. I'm the best. And then it goes to this weird interview with China, which, uh, again, JR set up saying, I didn't want my Christmas day starting like this. It upset me a great deal. I'm like, yeah, it upset you. The woman is like storyline crippled. <laughs> Broken neck. I'm pretty sure she had a worse day than you, JR. I'll tell you what, we were we were laughing earlier at a <laughs> Deborah's acting. Oh uh, yeah, China's acting she, is I, not I, thought, I thought China was pretty good in this. Did I you? thought this yeah, I thought this segment was one thing ruined it for me. I thought this segment was I mean, look, she's not the best actress in the world, but I thought she really she didn't ham this one up. No, she wasn't was, as bad as Deborah. Yeah, Deborah, which I Deborah was good. Like Deborah this, the entire scenery. Yeah, this came across as someone who like uh, like their career was really over, and he and Jr. going actually you have Playboy and you have the movies and you have TV and she's like, yeah, but I'm I'm a wrestler. That's what I. Well, she doesn't say wrestler because you're not allowed to WWF. But um, she she her point basically is that this is what I want to do, like. I, I thought this was pretty good. I thought it really got across the point. I thought it was very uh, serious, like a change of tone. Even if it wasn't the best acted thing in the world, I thought it was a great change of tone. The only thing that ruined it was she's talking about her broken neck and her, the severed bones in her neck and all, and then it cuts the hospital footage of them putting her in an MRI. Obviously, someone in... WWF production said, hold on, we we can't put her in the MRI that way because the camera has to see her face. So they put her in the MRI the other way. So in order oh, to check yeah, in, yeah, in order yeah. to check on her broken neck, they scan her ankles. <laughs> Just like, that's oh, a lads, good that's a good grab actually. This we're so close. Oh no. This was so close to being great. <laughs> and I was like, like, I think of a change the, in doctors. 
It's like this is the weirdest neck I've ever seen. Doctor, uh, that's a foot. <laughs> is your is your doctor Quentin Tarantino? Because I went in for a broken neck and he just kept playing with my toes. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, from there we have uh, an extended interview with The Rock with Kevin Kelly. And he abuses Kevin Kelly because oh not as not as bad as, as Michael Cole, but Kevin Kelly also got a lot of a lot of stick from The Rock. He did his annual uh, tradition of taking a Christmas song and uh, changing the lyrics. So, so again, how did this segment go? So he starts off with uh, Kevin Kelly and The Rock's given here. Look, the The Rock's charisma in two thousand is just unmatched. Yeah, like a lot of it isn't even what he says; it's the way How he, he says, says it. it. Yeah, it's the fact that he just pauses, says nothing, looks to the side of the camera. And the noise, the longer he leaves that silence, the crowd just gets louder and louder and louder and louder. It's, it's magnificent to watch. Like, he has them in the palm of his hand. Um, he's going to go out, he's going to whip the Undertaker's ass, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts into a, a Christmas poem. What's the, what's the song he bases it off? Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Jingle bells, or I can't remember what it is, but the opening line anyway is uh, a dig at Kevin Kelly. <laughs> He's uh, uh, unlike the Kevin, unlike Kevin Kelly, The Rock has some balls. And again, oh no, it's uh, it's uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, yeah. Um, but uh, the the line anyway is <laughs> Kevin Kelly has no balls, and it's well. not even. It's not even so much that the lane is funny, it's that it's as soon as he he says it, Kevin Kelly's head just drops. (laughs) He's so sad. He's so sad. He's so, he's interviewing The Rock. He's the biggest star in the world. He's (laughs) really getting along in his career. The Rock goes, you've no testicles. And he's just like, oh. His head just drops. That really ruined my day. (laughs) And we're so close to the end of the show. There's only 12 minutes left and you drop that on me. And now I've got the longest drive home now. And I'm just going to be thinking about that the whole <laughs> day home. And I'm going to get in bed with my wife tonight. And I'm not going to be able to do anything. Because the minute, the minute she puts her hand down there, I'm going to be ashamed of what I have. Because the biggest star in the world said I have no balls. <laughs> he just, in a single drop of his head, he just conveys all that. It's magnificent. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, like, look, The Rock's in-ring stuff is arguable. I'll be honest, uh, particularly yeah. at this point, but it didn't matter. He was so over. Everything he said was hilarious. Yeah, okay, a, a lot of it, like, again, if The Rock's ever going to run for office, he... Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> All the opposites, that's going to be an uphill battle. He's going to have really. to break into tight towers and, like, burn all those tapes. <laughs> Because that's an uphill battle. That. He's gonna have to take all the rocks, like original tapes, and put them in the SmackDown fist and just set the whole thing on fire. <laughs> because I mean, yeah, like it, what he says is hilarious, but it it won't it will not fly today. Um, but you can tell it flew then, and the people loved it, and the way he says it all just works. Oh, all yeah. just works. Uh, this is uh, another great segment and again not so much the the words it's the delivery it's the control of the crowd it's I mean some people just have it like this guy just 
radiates charisma. Like he's like without saying a word, you would look at him and you go, "Oh yeah, that's a that guy's a star." But the same, and it's funny because like the same thing happens with the Undertaker when he comes out, and it's to rolling, which is you know still funny. But <laughs> the crowd, but the crowd are still just like you know Undertaker comes out and he's also a star in a very different way. It's still charisma, but it's like oh, yeah. It's like a different thing. It's like, yeah, Undertaker will legitimately murder you. You know? <laughs> While The Rock is like, you're going to be entertained while you probably kick your ass. But the Undertaker, we so, for a moment, you, you don't doubt it. We were so um, strange as a people in the noughties, like Roland by Limp Biscuit from the album The Chocolate Starfish. And like, the hot dog flavored water. And the hot dog flavored water. You know, very thinly veiled metaphor saying, Dicks and, and arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought it was just the coolest thing ever. But I'm not, that, song, that song was number one for about three months. I don't know. The thing about Limp Bizkit is it's like, it just kind of worked. Like, oh, particularly with wrestling. Yeah, no, but particularly with wrestling, like, you watch the My Way, like, we're three months away from WrestleMania, oh, or four months away from WrestleMania, yeah. and you have, like, My Way... It just works. It's like the greatest promo of the greatest uh, video package. Video package, yeah. Ever. It's yeah. sensational. And the Crack Addict one is quite good as well from two years later. Yeah. So, fair. like, I mean, fair enough. It, you know, it is, it is kind of funny that the Undertaker went. I think the Kid Rock one actually worked better for the Undertaker um, than Rowan. Yeah, because it's got more of a. Because he's going for his whole. Biker. Texas yeah. thing. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense. There's there's another thing The Undertaker will have to scrub. Uh, uh, do you remember in one of his earlier shows in the 90s when he was still like original dead man? <laughs> I can't remember who he's fighting, but it's some foreign wrestler. Do you remember the 90s? Foreign meant heel. Yeah. Uh, and he has his dead man coat on and he opens his coat up. <laughs> And the inside of the coat is the Confederate flag. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, oh, I think it's one of the this Tuesday in Texas. I think oh, it's one man. of them. <laughs> <laughs> it just opens it up. He's got the Confederate flag. <laughs> Rest in slavery. <laughs> oh my god. Um there's a there's a funny sign in the crowd that gets taken away really quickly. Oh, I want what? to ride the bull. <laughs> <laughs> You see what I mean? That's on the cheeky end of things. If that was a WCW one, it'd be, I want to rape the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the character Mark Madden would have it. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God. See, it's funny because it's not rock. (laughs) Signs are horrific. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. WWF fans were just, they were cheeky. They didn't, they weren't as, as overtly aggressive as the WCW fans. I think, speaking of signs, I think someone's holding up a sign for their web forum. Oh, behind the sting mask. That's yes. like a website. HTTP dot dash four dash four dash slash backslash WWW dot. I think it's I literally I think it's a message for her. <laughs> oh, oh man. My god. You have to hand it to him. I mean, why not? Oh my god. I, uh, I 
I miss the 90s. <laughs> There's some guy like banging his chest, like giving a little salute to The Rock. <laughs> well, he's getting battered in the crowd. <laughs> oh, the crowd! Like, oh, the crowd! Is, man, this is the most bizarre crowd I think we've the seen. The crowd alone world. is worth is worth watching this. Like, oh, it's hilarious. Oh, only when you're going back and rewatching, watching this as we're recording it. Like, there's bits you miss out because you're writing your notes, obviously, and then you rewatch. You're like, oh, how did I miss that? Yeah. It's just so funny. I suppose you don't grow up normal in a place called Chattanooga. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a town. In a, there's a town in Cork, I think, called New Two Pot House, and right. I imagine everyone there is a lunatic. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> how do you be from New Two Pot House and not be a absolute maniac? <laughs> I don't know. I I think everyone brought their A game to this. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> like the crowd, they came to play. They're like, we're on television. It's Bring like your signs. This is going out Christmas Day. Nobody's watching. Be <laughs> as fucking weird as you like. <laughs> as weird as you like. Just let your uh, freak flag fly. Well, the match itself actually was quite competitive. I have to say, like, I was surprised how competitive it was. But it's very much like the Austin Kane match, where it's like, listen, no one's eating a pin here tonight. It's going to be shenanigans. Shenanigans abound, and DQ finish. I get a very disappointing end to like what I say, not a technically great match, but like it had, it had the crowd, it had the intensity, like it, like it had, I had bought into it, you know, like I was really watching this. I wanted to see a, a finish. I get that, um, you know, particularly in this era before the network, you're building the pay-per-views. So you yeah. can't give it away on TV, but just maybe sort of, Space out your screwy finishes, but see, don't have your two biggest stars on the same night do almost identical screwy finishes. Yeah, but this one had Rikishi, he was doing it for the rock. I did it for the rock. (laughs) Yeah, again, that was actually that was when my heart sank. Like, I was watching this match, going, Oh man, I'm really into this, this is bloody great. And then I saw Rikishi walking down the ring, I was like, Ugh, no shade on Rikishi, it's just. I was enjoying the match. I didn't. Is I it wrong? Need, is, uh, is it wrong when I saw him pull the ropes? I thought it was Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me why. I was just like, that really looks like Cody Rhodes. It's a, oh, it's the hair maybe. The, the hair, yeah. Yeah, he's got the bleached hair at the stage. Yeah, and then he comes in and he lays out both of them, so he doesn't even he doesn't interfere to benefit one or the other of them but technically the rock won because he was hit first yes even though even though a lot of referees would probably dispute that because rikishi doesn't actually touch the rock he just pulls the rope down yeah but earl hebner does this he always makes the worst calls he's like known for it well i mean wrestling at this stage like how many times have we watched it and been like these referees might as well not be like they're just making up to Let's just like, do we keep going? Do we keep going? Okay. It's like, no, no, no. Headlocks are illegal for the next 45 seconds. DQ. <laughs> DQ. No, no. Kicking someone repeatedly in the balls is perfectly legal today and only today. <laughs> it's totally fine. Don't even worry about it. Don't even question it. It's, it's completely totally fine. fine. Yeah, no, this cage match. No, this you don't win by climbing out of the cage in this cage match for no reason. <laughs> We haven't explained. Do you remember? Do you remember we 
this was WCW, but it was Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan, and uh, they didn't explain it was in a cage, but then suddenly it was in a cage, and they wrapped the top of the cage in barbed wire. So it yes. was like, you're not. This match is not about escaping the cage. This match has to end in the ring, and then they pulled down the barbed wire for no reason, and then one of them climbed out and won. So I just what? What just? <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to just not worry about these things. <laughs> just, yeah, just, and just be like, medic. that's what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because then you go the other way where TNA explain every, every rule in great detail. People still have no, excuse me, still have no idea what's going on. Well, I mean, you never be surprised at the stupidity of people. The amount of, now, a lot of it's obviously bad faith trolls and that, but the amount of people on Twitter claiming to be confused by how the Continental Classic works. You get three well, points for a win, one well, point Martin, for a draw. Martin, I'm st- I'm that confusing? I'm, I'm going to stop you there. Twitter is a bad place. It is. Don't go there. And you'll be happy. That, that's See, I mean, advice, folks. That's it, particularly for wrestling or anything, usually. Um, no good things are on Twitter. Uh, don't go there. That's my, that is my advice. Yeah. No, there literally isn't. So look, that's the end of, of uh, that Christmas edition of Monday Night Raw. I think it's the only Christmas edition of the show. Next week, we are going to talk about TNA's wonderful 2007 Christmas special, which can't wait. I, I can't wait. I'm genuinely, genuinely excited for that one. Uh, guys, if you do want to email us, talk to us, whatever, uh, you can do that on the social media. Go to the wrestlingrewind.com. As, as, as there. long as you have a Hotmail account. Even if you don't, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. But we're, Mark, like a, we we're like a WWF referee for this week only. For this week only. Um, you can reach us there. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on uh, Facebook. All that kind of good stuff as well. Or you can email us. The email link is there as well. And uh, suggest certain things that you want us to watch. Uh, if we can find it easy enough, we totally will. Or if you just have opinions about things that we've said or whatever, we will read those on the show also. Martin, is there anything you want to plug before we finish up for tonight? No, no look on Eve to everyone. Have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, thank you so much for uh, listening the past year, the past couple of years. Uh, this was episode 158, so we're flying. We're well on our way to 200 and it's... Uh, it's one of the highlights of my week is coming on doing this show with Dara. So thanks a million to everyone and uh, Happy New Year. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I genuinely appreciate everyone who shows up for the nonsense, has a good time with us. Uh, we definitely do appreciate each and every one of us. And give us an X-Pac Euro. Come on, that'd be nice too. Give us an X-Pac Euro. Give us a Virgil Tenor and we'll make you CEO. <laughs> Virgil Tenor. That'd be even better. We'll even send Virgil a picture of Virgil Tenor and he might sue us. We we'll uh, use your tenor to send it to Virgil to get you. <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 due uh, incels, involuntary celibates. Yeah, we're we're in non-profit. <laughs> we're we're an involuntary non-profit organization for one specific thing. <laughs> All right, well, guys, we'll be back next week again. If you wanted to do your homework early, you can. It's going to be the TNA Impact Christmas Special from 2007, which wasn't on Christmas, so it's already starting funny. Uh, yeah, and we will talk to you then, guys. Take care.
Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.